11 o'clock comics episode 201 We gotta get David a do-rag That'd be awesome That would be to see that would, By the way, <laughs> speaking of like, I don't know what made me think you said do-rag My wife has never seen Break-in or break-in to a little Stop playing I was like, Clark Van Damme? Are you serious? I said if I had known that I probably wouldn't have married you Well, you know what? Tell your wife she is not alone What? Stop, Stop. Stop. I don't watch Dude, that crap. I saw Break Into a Blue in the theater. Come on. <laughs> I was in the theater with my dad. Oh, I know. My dad took me, and in the middle of the movie, two old people, senior citizens, got up and started dancing because it was so exciting. Oh, my God. It was awesome, too. Is that the one with Linda Blair? Is in the second one, right? Isn't Linda, Linda Blair? Isn't Linda Blair in one of those? I don't recall Linda Blair being in there. Ah, she's in one of those kind of... Boogaloo movies. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, I've never seen them. That's crazy, dude. I'm still here. I'm well, still breathing, man. Absolutely fascinating. The van has to have a DVD player. So when, when Vince isn't driving. Seriously. Oh, wait, not, wait, not a van? Holy crap. You've seen Zombocalypse 3D that you haven't if seen. If the van be rocking, don't come a-knocking. You're lucky it's a van this time because when we, were, when, when we went to, um, when we were talking about doing this, Jason was talking about like getting three fucking smart cars and <laughs> going out that way because awesome. he really wants a smart car. I'm like, dude, what are we going to fit in a fucking smart Oh, we'll get three of them then. We'll each drive one. Yeah. That, that's no, not, it's not good. <laughs> Wait a minute. This would be awesome, guys. Let's take the week off and let's go to there via Segway. Dude, that would be awesome. <laughs> Over our backpacks and we'll shit. I look like a damn lollipop. <laughs> and we'll, we'll like we'll like zigzag between each other on the highway. Oh, on the yeah, like awesome. Yeah, the syncopated segways. Nice. So, That'd be awesome. For some reason, nothing That'll... pleases me more than hearing people talk about how they first found our show and it, it and half of the story start with I really hated it the first time I listened. Yeah. To yeah. Well, that that's David. Hey, you guys you suck. Know? It's like a virus, though. Like, what makes you stick with something you hate and then come around liking it? It's funny. They're comic book fans, dude. Ask my wife. They buy the same shit every month and they complain about it. So, yeah, it's... That's good, though. I guess it helps us. That's why we have a big audience, I guess. That's true. Because <laughs> of David. See, yeah, you, no you blame David so for everything. Comic pa- podcasts. It's hard for them to find an alternative. Right. People <laughs> people leave David's fault. People stay David's fault. So true. come back, but yeah. I'm blaming you. Mighty broad shoulders he has. Hey everybody, look at this. Look around. It's 11 o'clock comics once again, episode 201, and I am Vince B. Feeling fine. <coughs> wow. No, you're not so, feeling so fine, are I'm you? Not, oh, excuse oh, me. Oh my goodness. Yeah, sorry. I hate, doing, I hate coughing into the mic too loud. Hairball. Yeah, big time. Look at my forearms. I'm David Price. <laughs> I yes, think you are. And, uh, and I, uh, I usually go fourth, but I'm going third tonight. Uh, I'm Phil Collins. Ah, you know, there's something in the air. I was just gonna say, you feel in the air tonight, right? Yes, you know, Zeus, Phil Leo. Collins. Oh, can you do the little little jig that he does in um? What's that song he did with um? With Phil, Philip Bailey? Yes. She's an easy love. Yes, he did that she little. Did, I love loved it when he did that. Yeah. By but the no, way, it, just for for those out there who don't know, because uh, they all think of me as a big hip hop fan, uh, Phil Collins is without question my favorite singer of all time. No kidding. Yeah. <sighs> it's too bad that Peter Gabriel smokes him. 
I, you look, I actually like Genesis with both. That's. Um, a, I was just gonna say. I mean, isn't that like that? That's like. Oh, I love. I. I. I, I love Roger Waters. But, ooh, David Gilmour. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I can't see. Yeah, but they were in the band at the same time. But well, yeah, I yeah, know. So were Phil Collins and for for yeah, they were. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that's cool about Phil Collins and Dave Grohl are like pretty much uh, two oh, of the only drummers turned lead vocalists that have like attained massive like global success. Neil Peart sings occasionally. Uh, well, I said two of the. I didn't say the only two. <laughs> but no, you're no. not Phil Collins. You're not a music lover. You, it was yeah. Phil Collins' day this week, though. By the way, that's why. I... Jason is not an easy lover. Oh, he's, he's not. No, because he's Jason Wood, everybody, in the house. And in the air tonight. Yes. <laughs> this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. That's the URL. You know what you can get at DCBS? Comical books. Mad comics up in this piece. Yo. This month, and make it quick, because I'm sure that the order form is going to switch over, because I think previews comes out tomorrow. If not tomorrow, Whoa. next week. You, you have a, you have a whole, hmm. The order form does not switch over until the turn of the month, bro. All right. So the order form is not going to switch over, which means that you can get comics' very first ongoing horror anthology featured in the Adventures into the Unknown archives from Dark Horse, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. including such luminaries as Al Feldstein and Leonard Starr. Cover price is $50.00. DCBS price is twenty four ninety nine. Do the math. Also from Dark Horse, you can get Gru versus Conan. Of course you can. I was a little bit leery, but are you going to do it though? Written by Mark Evanier, uh, or Sergio Aragones. Tom Yates is doing the art, so you know it's going to look good and read good. I'm just a little bit leery about Gru in the same. Physical yeah. space is Conan. That's kind of weird. Dude, I'm a little baffled that you didn't bring up the new Bean World, dude. I was getting to it. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Now that you mention it, what the hell is the name of it? Uh, 3.5. Yes. Tales of the Bean World 3.5. I believe it's $14.99 cover yes. price. You can get it for, I, I think it's $8.99. Correct. Yes. By Larry the King Martyr. Art is everything. If you ever want to take a side in an ongoing comics debate involving creators' rights or money's owed or just just take Larry Martyr's side because he's always right. I I, I, really, he, he seems to be the most level-headed man in comics. And then you read his stuff and it's like, what, what? <laughs> but anyway, uh, and from IDW, you can get the first issue of Lock and Key Clockworks by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. Good stuff. It's a whopping 91% off. Mm. Yours for the paltry sum of 35 cents. Mm. Unheard of. Right, Jason? What is it? Can't hear it. Can't hear it. Unheard of. Ah. Check them out. Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. If you're a first-time customer, shame on you. You get an extra 8% off your already huge discounts if you enter the following code into the pre-Morrison slot. What it is, David? E-O-C and the number eight. E-O-C eight. Very simple. 11 o'clock comics with the E. Discount comic book service. DC, I was doing a dramatic pause there. DCBService.com. <laughs> Sorry. You're just dragging it on. It's I'm good. shitting. Yeah, shit in the bed. I was going to say speaking got of to talk these about, I guess. unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loath to talk now. No, nah, don't be loath. No, I was going to say, I know you mentioned it a week or two ago when it happened, but I have to say I finally got around to 
uh, perusing the iTunes reviews. And you're right, Christina left us a really nice review. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So and she has that. breasts. <laughs> that's Isn't that true. cool? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> nah, that's nice of her to do that. I'm a pig. I'm sorry. That's I know, really. That's nice really awful. This isn't this is to anybody. Should I change uh, my spots? No. But anyway. <laughs> and, so, and uh, if people are wondering, uh, we're a three-man crew tonight. Uh, we weren't planning on being a three-man crew, I think, because um, we're recording this a night early because of my request. I have a business dinner tomorrow night, so the boys were uh, courteous enough to let us record early. And although Chris had agreed to it, I thought, but I think he may have forgotten. So that's okay. he's probably going to be listening back to this being like, oh, that's right. Yeah. You know what the good thing about yeah. this is? I mean... I'm loath to do an episode without Chris, but I have extensive notes on the thing oh, I that do. I want to talk about tonight, and he'd be him and on. So that's okay. He wins, I win. We both win. It's true, and uh, the, but in, the listener in, in, loses in, though because he's not here. In keeping with uh, with with the spirit of our of our co-host, uh, what are you drinking, Vince? I'm drinking water. Oh, look at you! Still, yeah, I'm still. How many LBs are we talking? About eight. Oh, nice. Yeah, about eight. Is that okay. after or uh, before your morning constitution? <laughs> yeah. Not a morning, dude. No? Get out. Nah, I'm really? a PM. Yeah, PM. Well, PM nobody PM. needs to know this. Let's keep moving. Oh, please. You talk, you're allowed to talk about feces and time. I know. Yeah, yeah but not coming out of me. I don't even do mine. that. Not my no own. way. That's too personal. We know it doesn't I stink. I don't want to talk about smearing it, it on. It comes out in little little packets carried by butterflies. That's, it's amazing. <laughs> so it's like roses. And, and, all right, well, pick it uh, to, to keeping with the Chris uh, channeling. Pick pick us up here, Dap. Uh, Jim Beam Rye and Club Soda. Wow, you did pick us up. Yeah, I have no, to ask, no what grape. does that taste like? Because I'm picturing something god awful, like paint thinner. No, it is. It's it's. I I actually I, I find the rye to be. I I can actually drink the rye straight more than I can their their bourbon. Okay. Uh, and it's 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 just it's. And with the club soda, depending on my my, my mix ratio, uh, it it's either soda! real. I could just chug it for a while if I have a little bit more club soda, mm-hmm. or uh, or or I could take my time with it if I had a little bit more rye. But I it's 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 pretty good. I, I'm okay. not uh, I'm not complaining. Okay. Is it the day well, that the music died? It yeah no there was no, no levy. But I I, no I did pies, notice no. that. Uh, I noticed that Maker's Mark has something new called I think it's it's Maker's Forty Six or something. They have a new a, a new bottle out that I'm dying to try. So I'm hoping that um, that I can hit the liquor store one of these days and try that because that might be what ends up in my flask at C two E two. Oh snap! Nice. Uh, and so I am uh, since it was Phil Collins Day this week, and I shouted out Phil at the start of the show. I was feeling kind of 80s, so I thought, what is an 80s mixed drink? And the first thing that came to mind is a screwdriver. Yep. So I'm drinking a screwdriver in honor of the 80s and Phil Collins. I do like the screwdrivers. You know, it's pretty good. I mean, it's one of those go-to classic drinks. I haven't had one in a long time, but it's easy to make, presuming you have OJ in the house, which we usually do. Yeah. Uh, it has to have pulp, yeah. though. No pulp. No. I love pulp. No, no, not a fan. I'm not into the pulp friction. I like the. Uh, wow, I love the pulp. It's like, it's like eating and drinking at the same time. I don't need that chewiness. Is that no? It's yeah, no, no. Good God. No chewy for me. <laughs> You're not, not on board the, the Millennium either, Falcon. So, you know. <laughs> the camping town ladies sing along. 
do, 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 do. That Camping Town Racing Track is about five miles long. Oh, do, da, daisy. Let's talk about some comics here, right? That's what we do. Who wants to go first? You the one with the notes. We can break up your notes by talking about good stuff. So yeah, do you have yeah. notes on multiple things, or is it no, just one, one just one? Oh, let's, uh, uh, I'll jump in then. Okay. Um, so I had some time this weekend uh, on my hands, which is translation to I didn't play Skyrim, uh, and <laughs> I decided to sort through my ridiculously embarrassing Regine pile, and uh, I went about. Went into our TV room and I started laying everything out by title, get everything organized. Uh, and when it was all said and done, there were almost 400 unread new issues. Oh, that's sick. Which is a lot of comic. Yeah. And that's to say nothing of the digital comics I read every week these days and, of course, the uh, voluminous amount of collected material that, that I've either procured for myself or received as gifts in the last few months that I haven't read. So it's, it's really pretty ridiculous. Um, and the the thing that was most ridiculous is some of the because I'm I cannot get this part of my uh, fanboyishness out of my system. Um, ongoing Marvel titles that I seemingly buy in spite of the fact that I never read them. Uh, so um, I decided that it's it's time to uh, it's Operation Clear the Decks. So I am going to by hook or by crook take these big stacks of 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 t- single issue titles that I have not read in a while and power through them and decide once and for all if I should be sticking with them or just, uh, or, or, or finally walking off. So this week, the magic number was 25 and that is 25 unread yet purchased all, uh, through DCBS issues of invincible Iron Man by Mr. Matt fraction. Wow. Salvador La Roca. Yes. Uh, it was uh, issues 25 all the way up. And then, of course, uh, after 33, it turned, they went to back to the old number, well, to some number, to 500. And then I've been going on from there. So it's 25 issues. Um, it covered a lot of ground. I mean, that's over two years, obviously, or roughly two years. Um, had a few events thrown in there. So a lot's happened. And, and, you know, Tony has been a central character uh, through most of that time as well. So, um, First, I'll say. First, let me say this. Um, Salvador La Roca. I I, I want to praise him first. I want to say this. Um, no, I, I I wanted. To, I took a look back in anticipation of talking about this tonight. He has been the regular artist on this book from issue number one, mm-hmm. and I I was pretty sure of this, but I wanted to confirm it. So I did today. He has never missed an issue of this book. Right. No fill-ins. Respect. Which yes. is four, now it's forty-eight issues and counting, and he's still in the solicit. So at this point, by the time, at least in terms of what's already been solicited, he's well over fifty issues without missing one on the same book. And in today's day and age, and wait, wasn't there? It was uh, so, so you're including any point ones or annuals yeah, in that? Yeah, okay. right, right. Because so in five hundred, which is a big oversized issue, he obviously didn't do the whole thing, but he did the main story. Uh, and the point one he was in. So right, I mean, but it's and then all of the regular issues. Outside of those two, he's been the regular main penciler in. Um, and there have been certain issues, particularly recently, where there's been like a backup where um, I know like Jamie McKelvey did um, some issues where it was sort of more on the, the Tony Stark or the, uh, the Howard Stark side. But he has been the main, you know, 20 page, whatever it is, penciler 
interiors for for over 50 issues now without missing one and that is truly i mean honestly and something to commend it's it's pretty remarkable yeah um and and i mean i don't know it's hard to know why we don't have more of that these days because i think there are lots of artists that do keep regular monthly schedules but for some reason whether it's editorial their own choice or just the way that publishers work they just don't stick with the same book for that long i mean they they, they do a issue a month but they just don't you know they get they get sh- shifted around to different books or what have you for some reason i guess maybe fraction and laroca work well together I, I don't know i've never i mean I've, I've never heard either asked specifically about why they've stuck together for so long or whatever it is but it's it's something i think that needs to be commended because it's not easy to do um now that said uh and i know we've ta- we've we've gone down this path before um when we talked about la roca it's hard for me to read the la roca in this book or or view read a book drawn by salvador la roca and not remember the salvador la roca from years ago who i very much enjoyed exactly and that's the struggle I have because clearly, by all accounts, and this Man is still a pretty decent selling title for Marvel. Um, obviously, there it doesn't seem like there are any need to to change what it seems. It's seemingly one of those titles that's working for them because um, they're not rocking the boat trying to change it. So I'm, I'm going to presume that lots of people like the the artistry. Uh, I can I have to make that presumption, but I have to tell you that uh, reading 25 issues. In uh, in a week's time of of this title, uh, it's just a struggle. It's a struggle artistically for me, man. It's it's um, it's uh. I mean, I guess the other positive is that uh, he's keeping our boy Sawyer uh, in the public uh, eye. Uh, <laughs> even the lost is off the air. Right. But I mean, you know, it's um, <laughs> it's it's not just the photo reference, though. You know, it's 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 uh, it's. Uh, we talked a little bit about this last week with another artist. It's the stiffness of the. The yeah. layouts. Well, I was it, it's almost say, like poser, like like the like the like the character. Uh, it's like he he configures from 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 photo reference the 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 body positioning he wants or needs, tweaks it, and that's where it starts getting rough sometimes. Like yeah. it's almost like he has a picture where maybe the guys like turn to the side, but the arms maybe aren't right, so he draws in the arms, but like the arms look sketchy as a result compared to the rest of it, you know, and it doesn't yeah. seem to fit anatomically, and then the rest of the stuff is either. Like really Spartan backgrounds, or like really intensely techy, which again you can commend it because clearly I think he's probably designing a lot of that stuff like himself, like a lot of the tech that's in the book. And obviously it's a very tech-heavy book since it's Iron Man. Um, and I think he deserves credit for that. Like there was a, a part of the uh, a recurring character in much of these two years called Detroit Steel, which is like another mechanized warrior created by um, by uh, but the, the uh, Justin Hammer's wife and, and daughter. Um, and it's this big oversized, like, you know, thing. Um, uh, and he's, I would imagine he drew that from scratch and he probably uses some kind of 3d rendering program to draw it, but it's cool. You know, it's a cool looking mech. Um, it, I mean, it definitely fits the bill and, um, you know, he draws war machine regularly and he draws pepper Potts's rescue armor regularly. So like, there's definitely some technical accomplishment artistry in the stuff that he's doing, but like in terms of the dynamism and the, and the composition and the layout, it just doesn't. It feels like it's just pieced together versus organic, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. That's oh, what I was going to say. You had a guy who started, who came up into the ranks with this very beautiful, organic style a la Pascal Ferry. That, yeah. Yeah. That, that, um, Pacheco. Like Pacheco, like stylized, but 
drawn like a son of a bitch from memory. Yeah. And then and then and, to switch to this, it's a clinical, it's cold, it's yeah. it's 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 almost a pantomime version of what he was doing. Now I don't like, remember. Was was he known as a guy that couldn't keep a regular schedule back in the day? Because I don't have any recollection. See, I mean there was I, I wasn't reading Extreme X Men, so I don't know. I, I remember him from Fantastic Four when, when Claremont and, and Lobdell. Oh, those issues are gorgeous. Yeah. When they did when they did the Heroes Return, because that the first three issues mm-hmm. were, were Davis and Farmer and, and I remember I remember LaRocca there. I I wasn't reading Extreme X Men, and I, I knew of Larocca, but I wasn't I wasn't familiar with what he was currently putting out. And and then when when I was getting back into things again, and when when I really started to uh, see him on, on a, I guess a prolific scale, he did he did that. Um, Sensational Spider-Man annual where 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 Vince and I talked about that I think on bullpen bulletins because I remember Peter Parker's Hulk hands when he when he put them up to his head, yeah, okay. um, and there and and I remember the New Universal by Warren Ellis and and that was basically you could just go and and pick People magazine up off the rack yeah because sure. you had the Sopranos in there you had dudes from Lost you had you had Johnny Depp and Nicole and and there was all those people and then he he had he he's pretty much been. He's kind of like Howard Shaken, where like almost every month he it may not have been on the same book, but it was always putting out a title. And and um, and then when he took over Iron Man, my 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 biggest problem with him when he when he does rely on on uh, well we'll call it photo reference, but there's there, there's no when like, like like you guys are saying how it's it's cold. There's no feeling to it. My my problem with it is. When, when you need when when you're looking at Tony Stark and and it's a full profile or, or you're looking straight on and, he, and he's looking at the reader, but then he turns his head three quarters and he doesn't have any reference for that for that position for that pose. Now he's making stuff up and that's where the inconsistency is. So it yeah, may, that, it, that's it what I say. exactly. Well, it's it, it's the it's the it's that like yeah we all joke about that that he uses Josh Holloway as the as Tony Stark and clearly he does there's no denying that or uh you know but but it's 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 the it's the panels where he's not using the photo reference which really get me because it's yeah. like they look so again it, it'd be one thing if we had no no history here but the man used to draw unbelievably well like right. i you know i love sage right like i love the ex i think she's sexy she's one of, i mean she's not been in a ton of books but i like her a lot you know and one of the reasons i like her is because of the way LaRocca drew her in extreme x-men like he made right. her not only yeah. not like the wish i thought she was pretty badass in that book but but he made her super duper like crazy sexy you know like with the mm-hmm. glass the dark glasses and the yeah, even know, storm was sexy in that book that's saying <laughs> a lot but yeah, you know it. and it's like that's what baffles me because you'll like there was um you know the the because of uh, the, Tony being sort of in the center of the Marvel universe. Um, I mean, I should get to the story a little bit because I, I don't want to give a short shrift because it is twenty. It's two years worth of of of, uh, of a major Marvel character. But right. um, you know, and a part of it, obviously, with what's been going on with Fear itself, uh, and then with Siege wrapping up. I mean, Asgard's been a pretty huge component of all this. Um, and and again, there 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 was this one part of the book where, um, uh, and and I I don't want to get into I'm always leery about spoilers, like when we're talking about events. I know a lot of people probably haven't yet read uh, uh, Fear itself, but maybe it still are. They're getting collected, so I don't, I don't want to like give away big reveals. But I, I will say that there's a part of it where Tony um, works in Asgard to create weapons, um, like Asgardian weapons, to help in part of the 
the the battle. And in, in that process, you know, he needs Odin to basically to any weapons that are made to make them like equivalent to Mjolnir. You know, Odin has to use his powers at the moment of their creation. And so there's a, a point where Tony is ready to have these weapons forged, and Odin shows back up to do his thing, and he's got Thor and another random Asgardian uh, on side. And and if 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 the dialogue by Fraction didn't say didn't have Tony asking Thor a question. There's no way on earth I would have believed that, that was Thor that was on the page. Like, but yet in other issues where Thor has been prominently featured by, you know, he looks like the Thor we're all familiar with. So it's just, it's the inconsistency just baffled me because again, it's, it's not like organic inconsistency where a guy's just like letting it rip. And so he's not so concerned about making it, but it's, it's like almost feels like he couldn't find something that quite fit that, that, that frame. So he's like, all right, I'm just going to wing this real quick. And right. It, well, when you rely on, reference very heavily there's a point where the reference becomes the composition like yeah. like the, the reference dictates the composition if you had something planned out uh, or or the writer wants a certain thing and and you start cobbling together references that the 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 stock photos whatever you're using dictate how that thing's going to look on the page because it's reference right uh, this is what you are referring to sure. when you're drawing the, the the panel so the old laroca it that's why it looks much more off the cuff but it but it's a it's a very studious like you could tell back then that he knew the the hell out of anatomy he had figures twist in every which way and and it, it was it was exciting to 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 see where now he's using um stock images i don't know if it's for the sake of expediency if it is he's losing his soul at the expense of speed right uh but where was i going with this oh so so you you're, that that excitement from the natural organic way of drawing is gone because yeah. he's he's yeah. limited by what he has you know not what's in his head and it's it's yeah. sad because I mean, man, exactly. he's one and of the best and the funny thing is, is as I'm reading this, and again, it's two years worth of story, I'm thinking to myself, how would my experience with this book have been story-wise with cartooning that I really enjoyed? You know, right. like, would it have been, would my interpretation of the entire thing, including the dialogue and the, and the plot, have been dramatically improved if I found the cartooning to be better? Mm -hmm. And it's a hard thing to say, right, because you'd like to think that we're we're we can be critical enough when we talk about books that we can separate the components and, and judge them each on their own merits. But I do think that as you're reading it, there's that organic experience of it and it really is a merger of all these things. So when there is a component of it, whether it be the plot or the dialogue or, or the art that isn't working for you, I think it does take away from the constituent parts. Um, you may know intellectually, like I could read this intellectually and think, Fraction did some good storytelling, but I still wonder if I wouldn't have enjoyed the whole thing, including the plot, a lot more, uh, or maybe nitpicked it less if if the cartooning blew me away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know and, what else makes me sad about LaRocca? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to, sorry to interrupt. Knowing what he was, th there was a time when I would hear his name attached to I bought extreme X-Men. I have no love for the X-Men. I bought it just because he was drawing it, right? But, sure. but, don't, uh, but we can... We've we've said the same thing about Paul Galassi, and there are times where we can say the same thing about Howard Shaken. Right, but what I I, I was getting to was I w I would order a book sight unseen with just his name, right? Excitement. Right. La Roca's uh -huh. on this book. Holy crap, I'm getting it. 
now I, I've, I've seen the solicits, solicits for the Avengers books. Walt Simonson's drawing Avengers. I have absolutely no interest in, in Avengers, but you can make damn sure that I'm going to buy those books because sure. Simonson's drawn. Okay. And, and I felt very much the same way about LaRocca at one point. Now, when I see his stuff, it's, all, it's sad to me that, that you, you had a supremely talented individual who thinks, again, we don't know the situation. Maybe something happened. You know, the family life, uh, maybe there's a medical condition where he can't draw the way he used to or, or like a muscle thing. I don't know. And so I'm just guessing. Right. But to go from beautiful to this really but, cold stuff. I, on I, the other hand, I, it's, like it's, I was saying, is me. maybe we feel feel this way. But maybe, again, we're this could be a time when our, we're out of touch a little bit in the sense that uh, he's he's been on it for four years straight. Yeah, Never I was just gonna say, now that, and that's the thing. So we either get, we either get somebody like, okay, and and not not to sidetrack or, or you know, but the, the the Marvel solicits came out today, and there are what double shipping or not, because Scarlet Spider isn't double shipped. But after four issues, to 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 give Ryan Stegman some breathing room, Neil Edwards is on the fifth issue of Scarlet yeah. Spider. So now we have, so so we can either have one artist who is. The consistent singular vision for the past four years, although we have issues with some of what he's doing in the book, but he's been the one dude who's been knocking right. it out. That's, yeah, that's or, not at, at what so, expense, right. though? What if that vision is cold? I mean, well, no, it, it that, fits see, the theme of the book. Is, is, the, the I mean, coldness. I completely agree with you. That's why I brought it up. But what I'm saying is, is that uh, again, I have to be. I have to be. I think we have to be aware that that sometimes we just because, the, like, if, since the three of us are agreeing, we kind of have a tendency to think that's. Therefore, it is law. But uh, what oh, I'm no. saying is, there's probably a decent chance that a lot of the people listening or the people reading the book and genuinely enjoy the artwork, right? Because right. they're they're right. made. They've made no efforts to change it up, right? They haven't felt the need that there was any need to switch it up. Um, so you know, that, I'm not that's, saying it's Duke. I mean, it's still very good for what right. it is. Right? No, it's still it's, it's but it's not the story, it, but it's not the you know the the Roca I grew to know. Yeah. Now, as to the story, I mean, it's it's I think. The the first part of it is basically uh, where I where I started reading the book again. Um, Tony had been fighting a pretty in the first two years of the book. He had been fighting a bunch of battles with uh, basically the 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 um, familiar last names, new first names. Like uh, Stain's son really had been much, for much of the first years his arch his arch enemy uh, Zebediah Stain, and um, uh, and, and where it was. It, Tony had decided because of the Norman Osborn stuff um, that was going on back back in the day with the uh, post secret invasion and stuff that uh, because remember Norman's busy running the country and he had the hammer and he was trying to he Tony thought that if that that, that Norman could get his hands on all his stuff it basically could you know be the death knell for for the world so he uh, he erased his own brain he basically his brain no, like, right right see now that's and and this is this is where it sounded familiar because up to that part is um I have the first not an omnibus, the the, the first twenty or so not yeah, quite twenty yeah. issues. So I mean so so I'm I'm following you so far. This is like right I after that. Yeah. This okay. is like right after that, yeah. Now so so he, he he which of course gives himself amnesia and it uh it, it conveniently uh the he erases his brain then of course because it's Tony Stark and you can't have a brain dead Tony Stark, um some of the other heroes help him uh, put a new copy of his, you know, his memory back into his brain. But of course, it's like any kind of time you you back up something, you're, you 
backups only as good as to the point you backed it up. So there's there's going to be a part between the time you backed it up and and the and the moment that is not there, right? Because you didn't you didn't save it. So Tony backs up his brain, and conveniently, it it uh, the last time he saved the backup copy, of course, was before the Civil War stuff. So. Like he knows when he gets his mind back and he starts reading and stuff and talking to people that he did the, all these things, you know he he caused the civil war and he he you know made the choices that he made, but he, it's, he killed it's, he killed happy, right? But he's not. But like in his he, this is it's supposed to be like kind of like tabula rasa here. Like Tony's, you know he 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 doesn't remember doing any of it, so it's sort of like you know you know it's supposed to, like because you're not because I think Tony had gotten to a point where he was pretty hated by a lot of people a little bit. So, yeah, this is supposed to sort of clean the air. But the thing I'll give Fraction credit for is that I think he could have used that as an easy out to make it like new and improved Tony. Like, oh man, I can't believe I ever would have thought. Of it. But to his credit, he didn't do that. He, yes, he he doesn't remember doing a lot of the stuff. But as he learns of it, um, he he very clearly says in several different encounters, like with Cap and with Thor, uh, I, I want you to know I don't remember doing it, but I want you to think that I wouldn't have done it all over again based on now that I've seen what I've done. I would have made those same decisions. So I stand by them. He's like, I know, you know, that we've got bad blood, and I know you guys think I have a lot to make amends for. But based on how I understand things have worked, I would have made those same decisions to do it over again. So I thought that was good because he could have used a cop out there and like made it like you know Happy Tony and like oh I never would have done that stuff. So I appreciated that. Um, I, I will say that uh, my first read through of all this, I was like, man, like there's no this is such a talky book. There's nothing. There's no action. But then I was like, that's not really a fair statement there's lots of action like there's huge battles where tony's fighting uh this destroyed steel armor and then like tons of these drones and it's actually a pretty tr- clever contrivance because the drones are um autopiloted by basically it's uh it's almost a critique on like social media basically people uh join up to this game basically on facebook or whatever whatever the social network is of the marvel the marvel universe and uh and they sign up and they can like pilot these drones to support their 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 buddy Detroit Steel, who like is very popular in the country right now, and so they're they're thinking they're playing a game, and like the drones blow up, they you know, they, but what they're really doing is it's like crowdsourcing, like hive minding these drones that are really in real life, like attacking Iron Man or other things. So I mean, I thought it was pretty clever. Um, you know, that was all cool. Uh, so that happens, and there's a there's battles with um, uh, there, there's some there's armor fights a bunch of people who's Pepper Potts armor. Um, War Machine gets in some big battles. There's a battle with uh, uh, the Mandarin and his cronies and stuff. Like, um, so, so there are like action scenes, but again, reading it in its totality, it felt like so much more of a talk, not do book. And I think that's because even though they show battle scenes like the ones I just talked about, like the key moments, the ones you really want to see, are talked about, not shown. Ooh. Like, for example, so. Um, during the fear itself part, the entire Iron Man thing is that Tony, like the 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 uh, I forget the name, but the the you know all the 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 enchanted uh, uh, the villains in, in in fear itself, the you know the ones that have the hammers, right? I forget what they're called, uh, but like the Hulk and you know Great Gargoyle and you know all the all the ones that get the, the hammers and are sort of wrecking havoc on the Earth. You know they're kicking ass, right? Because they got these hammers, right? And so uh, Tony wants to build weapons um, that can counteract these these mythical weapons. And so he, as I said, he enlists the help of Odin and he goes to Asgard and he goes to build the weapons, Um, which is fine. And that's all cool and all. But like for like four issues, 
it's Tony hanging out with uh, the 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 dark elves, you know, the ones that make all the the weaponry for the for the Asgardians. And there's like tons of interaction between him and the dark elves, and like the dark elves are all dropping f bombs, and they're real like salty and and they they they're hard drinking which of course leads to tony picking up the bottle again and it's like that whole thing but like the whole thing is he's doing all this to make these weapons right and then i swear to you that odin comes to make the weapons and in one issue odin comes to make the weapons you see tony's tony's armor he gets turned into a weapon so you see that right cool and then they show they show him a, like a teleport to the earth like in the corner of the and like all the other Avengers are saying they'd be like, "What do you got for us?" And it's like you know he's about to show them the new weapons he just forged. Like the battle's on, right? Dude, the next issue, fear it's over. There's no like in the pages of Iron Man, you never see. First of all, you don't see any of the other weapons that he spent a whole half of a year talking about making. You only see Iron Man's weapon, you, the armor. You don't see any of the other six weapons that he makes. Then literally, he shows up to the battle in the book to give the weapons to his teammates. And then the next issue, the fight's over. And it's like the postscript to fear itself. And I'm like, that is insane because like, again, I get that we saw the weapons and we saw the fights in fear itself, but I don't ever want to hear Marvel again, say, Oh, all the story you need isn't contained in the, in, in the, in the, in the event. Well, <laughs> maybe if I was reading Fear itself, I didn't see need to see Tony making the armor. But it's a humongous cop-out if you happen to be one of those people, which I'm sure there are plenty, that skipped the event but wanted to keep reading Fraction's Iron Man because they've been with it and enjoying it. You got nothing. You got him making the weapons. Then you didn't even get to see what they were, much less being used in battle. It made no sense. It was like – so that felt like such a huge, like, where was the action, right? It was like all this buildup and no action. And then, like, there's so much stuff that's told – through because you know it's part of the book is very much about tony and it's very much about his battle because you know his company's been bankrupted he's rebuilding this new company called resilient and uh and again the the basic premise is cool he's sick and tired of being an arms dealer so he wants to take the repulsor ray technology that he's kept to himself all these years de-weaponize it and use it as uh, a means to create vehicles and other things that won't be reliant on fossil fuels again it's a really cool modern take on the technology it's obviously very relevant to today's issues there's lots of cool stuff you can do with that but like as a result you get that it's like the Bendis the Bendisian thing. It's like you get all these panels which are like newscasts of stuff that happened or uh reporters talking about what just happened or uh, or editorializing about Stark or what he's doing versus like seeing it happen. And it's it's just I don't know. It's like I guess if I was watching a TV show like this it would be cool, but these are comic books, man. Like these are like yeah. This is an unlimited budget, right? Like you get to do whatever you want in these pages. Whether it's a billion dollar budget, you can make it happen. So make it happen. I, you know, I'm not reading uh, Frontline, right? I'm not reading Iron Man Frontline. I'm reading Iron Man. Like, hook a brother up. Let me see this stuff. Don't yeah. let me see a reporter talking to me about what happened that I didn't see. You know what I mean? Especially when I think the core underlying ideas are pretty cool. Like, I like Fraction. I think he's a, I think he's a, obviously a very creative guy. I mean, Casanova is a brilliant book. I think he has a lot of creative ideas. But it's just like I don't know if it just feels like Iron Man is it was too much about like the 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 conversations and the and and the getting to know Tony the person. And again, I think part of that can be cool. Like the book shouldn't be all him in armor, but it can't be just about Tony either. Um, you know what I mean? So like I don't know. It's 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 tough. I, I feel like again, I feel like part of it is couched by my total disinterest and and disengagement in the artwork. 
But at the same point in time, like I feel like there's a lot of cool ideas that just weren't well executed. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I, can't, I mean, now oh. I, but now I feel silly though that I've been buying it for literally two years without reading it. You know what I mean? Like I should have. There should be that inner clock that we have that says like I haven't. That hasn't been a priority enough to read it for six months. Right. So let me stop ordering it, and I can always go back and buy the issues in the dollar bins at the con if I want to catch up. Right. Like I, I, I still can't bring myself to be that guy, and I should be. Like with it's, it's one of the few things I can't crutches I can't get out of anymore. You know. I'm. It's you can have. It, it can be the, the well. The counter argument to that is, I mean, I I've let Spider Man pile up, mm-hmm. and and granted, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's it, it's not quite the same for me to compare Spider Man with me to Iron Man with you. It's not like you've been buying Deadpool and Wolverine and letting them pile up, and you know, you just know you're going to read them, and because it's those characters, you're still going to enjoy it. But yeah, I mean, I've been. I've been letting those pile up, and and I, I plowed through a bunch of them late last year, and and I mean, and it's I I was kicking myself because I'm like, why'd I wait? But I mean, in some regards, some of those stories needed to be read in chunks once once the arcs wrapped up. But um, I mean, yeah, for for two, for iron for something like that, I mean, I I bought the uh, the not an omnibus because we all made out like bandits with those Barnes <laughs> and Noble and uh, and Amazon snafu sales. Oh, and, right, yeah. And and so that so I read that and I've been and part of me has been wanting to to see where the story goes after the the last issue in the omnibus, but I mean after you've explained it, I can either really just listen to this episode again or <laughs> I can I can wait until I really get those trades on the super cheap. So yeah, I'm in, yeah, yeah. I'm in no real rush to finish it, and I mean, and it's 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 a shame because you had two pretty cool Iron Man movies. He's in the Avengers. I like the character. I like him when he's in other, when 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 he shows up elsewhere. But I don't know if it's if it's because of Laroca or it's just like you've been explaining it. And 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 I mean, and the same thing in in the issues I, I did read from yeah. this run. There are things where it's like, it's just, I'm not. Even when 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 he was when he was in Russia and and fighting to to make sure that you know he can he's 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 got to do what he's got to do and he's fighting Crimson Dynamo and all this other stuff and he's and it's like even then as cool as it was or when or when we cut to um to uh who the hell, um oh the the the, the shield agent uh, uh Maria, Maria Hill, Hill. Right. when 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 she, when she shacked up in his hotel trying yeah. to you know lay low it's like even then as cool as those scenes were it's just like they could have been so much cooler and that's and before I, and I know we're going long on this especially since this book I'm not telling people to run to buy but there are two other things that just I I, I think kind of illustrate the frustration and that is um love or hate Tony and I know the Civil War thing made a lot of people like I know like Derek and stuff was pro Tony. A lot of other people like Vince were in. Wherever you stood on that, like he's definitely become a very important character. I think even more so than he's ever been in in the Marvel universe the last few years. Um, and, and again, love or hate him, I think there are certain components to a character that's recurring that that are like core to their being. And then there's the components that that I guess writers feel are core, but then you wonder like, do they have to be? And um, I think the most common example of this is uh, is the whole Hank Pym slapping. Janet thing, right? Because it's like, yeah, that happened, and that was Bush and stuff, and like, but like, that was one time in a book where he's been in like hundreds of issues, and like, you know what I mean? Like, he was actually, like, you, you know how, they, like, it seems like writers feel compelled to always bring that up when they talk about a Hank Pym story, like, yeah. oh, well, you know, he's not totally cool because he hit his wife that time. And it's like, yeah, I know he did that, and like, but 
He's also done other things. Like, yeah, like we don't talk about, like, we don't mention that Roy Harper was a heroin addict every time he's in a book, right? It's like, you know, (laughs) so, but like, I think that's a little bit with Tony with the alcoholism. Because, like, definitely Demon in a Bottle was off the hook, right? I mean, that was essentially at the time. It was great. I mean, that, and that's great stuff and all. But, like, uh, you know, I don't, uh, like, there's, Fraction gets into the alcoholism thing again. And and it's like, ah, man, it's like, do, do we have to every year or two, have an arc where Tony deals with alcoholism. Like I, I like I, under, I understand that as an alcoholic, you're always fighting those demons, and it, and it's it's legitimate to suggest that that the allure of that never goes away. But I mean, it's it. it I guess maybe because I've read so much Iron Man over the years, it's it feels a little tired to have the inevitable. Here we go again. Like we're gonna have that arc where Tony fights the bottle and has to hit rock bottom and get himself clean, right? It's just like in Fast X, where here we go. We're going to have him. We're going to have those moments where Reed ignores Sue and she gets upset and, and <laughs> flirts with Namor. Like it's like every few years, like oh, I got to have that but, that, that thing could pop up, and it's like that frustrates me. And then the other thing that really frustrated me is Tony is again. You can question his choices, uh, and I think that some of the way he's been characterized, it's been interesting, and in that it's it's I think been designed to make you question his choices, but. You can't question that Tony is really a really smart and be very calculating, right? Like that's what's gotten him to be hated is that he's so calculating. So when Tony, who's rebuilding this company and he's had, he's had to hire a bunch of like genius inventors to work for him, but obviously because the company's not worth anything yet, he's basically been, you know, hiring them on spec. Like, you know, we're, he's promising stock options there, but they're working for him because they're, you know, they, they're trying to do something great. And, uh, spy master, you know, the spy masters and, creating espionage and it's they allude to and i don't know the answer to this yet because it hasn't been revealed in the book but so i'm not really spoiling anything but they allude to the fact that spy master is not only effing with him but he's posing as one of the the top like lieutenants that tony's working with one of the other inventors um and there's like a little bit of like maybe it's this guy maybe it's this guy and um in one of the kind of throwaway little side arcs where it's like two or three issues uh, Tony and uh, Dr. Octopus go head to head. And uh, at one point, Oct- Octavius is uh, espousing to Tony how he's uh, like doing the whole, like he was like, Tony was like, they were in the clutches. And Tony was like, well, uh, I have a spy master that's, that's in, in, infiltrated my, my grips. And uh, if you're, you're evil and twisted, how would you, if you were him, how would you approach it? And, and Octavius says something to the effect of, well, it'd be somebody that impresses you enough to keep around, but. Uh, but you know, does little subtle things and has access to things, and 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 would have a way of uh, betraying you in a way that you wouldn't expect. And then a couple months later, there's a moment where one of these geniuses, um, who is by all accounts just a layman, like an average Joe scientist, is confronted by a supervillain, and he beats the hell out of him, like using like martial arts and stuff. And Pepper's there, and she's like, "Wow, you know, it's really shocking to see how he could handle himself." You know, it's like a MacGuffin, right? It's like, oh, okay. Uh, and and in the book, Fraction has Tony picturing in his head the speech that that Octavius gave him about how it would be a guy that he didn't really expect, but there'd be little subtle clues that he wouldn't pick up on. And he's picturing what Pepper's saying about this guy, and he goes, nah. And I'm like, what? Wait, wait. I'm like, hold on a second. I'm like, this is one of the smartest guys on the earth, the guy that basically <laughs> took maneuvers in the Marvel Universe to secure a skull, a scroll body have all kinds of mechanisms in place to shut his own brain down because he anticipated that someday someone would try and steal the information, you know, has redundancies upon redundancies against everyone, friend and foe, to the point where he he even betrayed his own friend's trust. And yet he's in his own mind picturing this dichotomy with a guy he barely knows and he just hired 
and he just says nah and like writes it off and never thinks about it again like really like what that doesn't make now, any sense like that's you know so how out of I character feel, that, now you know how I feel about reading uh, Avengers X Sanction when I see when I see Captain America beat down in like two moves from Cable it's like I don't yeah, think so so the yeah. attention to the to the detail was there and you just can't accept it no, it's it's the fact that Gable the character would kick ass giving the way he's supposed to because the writer is 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 modifying the story to fit the, the Oh the, man. Cable has Cable has been around so much longer. All this time jumping, he has no, no, training no, no. out the Wahoo. But you're not reading this, so you don't know what condition Cable is. I was going to say Cable's doesn't matter. Cable could be like next to dead. No. And by the yeah. way, talk about easy, easy to figure out. I mean, when Loeb last wrote Cable, he was obsessed with the techno organic virus. Yeah. So it's no, it's no surprise <laughs> he picked right back up with that meme. I got it again. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Hi guys, um, it's uh, it's Matt, it's Templar from the forums. Uh, it's Tuesday. I've lost track of what the date is. Uh, it's basically the night after uh, a whole bunch of idiots uh, ran riot through the streets of London and set fire to people's homes and businesses um, and looted and pillaged and were basically idiots. Uh, and I just want to say a massive thank you to to the just the entire. Um, sort of 11 o'clock um, and uh, Twitter and Facebook community for for all the messages and um, and tweets and bits and pieces um, inquiring after you know us guys over here like myself and David Wynn and Simon Price and Taylor um, you know it means uh, it means a lot and uh, um, the the real the real kind of true telling and, and the most close to home that I think you can get is um, watching a, a massive furniture shop burn uh, that I walk past every Wednesday to go and get my books. And that store was literally six or seven stores away from a place in space, which is my beloved uh, local comic book store that I've been going to f- for, God, since like, 98. Uh, uh, they, the owners were evacuated uh, just in the nick of time and the fire stopped two shops away from them. Uh, if it had gone up, it would be the entire shop, and it would have been their home above the shop as well. So, um, yeah. So for all the you know good vibes and prayers and whatever it was that you know was sent our way, um, just a massive, massive thank you. So um, we, we're told it's not over yet. Uh, I really hope that it is, um, but um, we just need to kind of get back to, to normality now. But um, it, it just again, just evidence that the you know the comic book industry internationally. Is awesome. Um, so thank you so so much for for you know um, for all your thoughts at the moment. So um, I'll keep you up to date. And um, uh, contrary to bleeding call, a place in space uh, has not closed down. Um, it's uh, it's shut today. And as soon as they uh, let the tape off the road and they let people back in, they'll be back up and running and uh, selling funny books again. So um, yeah, thanks very much. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> I received a phone call. Chris is on his way. He he he's on his way home, so he he should be with us soon. And and I kind of feel bad. Um, time for the stuff. Next, for, yeah, right. It ain't happening. He's not going to connect until I'm done. But uh, <laughs> I feel bad because he talked about this, this series for a while, and and uh, Jason did not get to talk about this last week. Uh, I read issue six and seven. I'm severed. Ah uh, yes, uh. and uh, and, <laughs> and I, you, you get your turn. It's uh, I 
I was, I read Jason's notes in the episode thread for, for, for episode 200. Um, I read them after I finished the, the series and, um, I don't know if we can call it an ending or, I mean, is it going to continue right. after the hardcover comes out? But either way, the seventh issue is, is the last issue of this particular storyline. The hardcover has been solicited. Um, so this is pretty much its own story, I guess. Whether the characters will, will, will continue, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to renumber, but what have you. So I finally finished issue seven, read Jason's notes, and, and I do agree with him. And my, my problems with, um, with Severed uh, and 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 the reason I remembered Severed is, is when when Jason was talking about this and 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 how the story is told. But my this is the biggest reason why, or this this actually highlights my dislike of flashback stories. If if we were never introduced to the old man at the beginning of the first issue, I probably would have been a little more into his journey. But because the old man is telling this story. We know the breakman's never going to kill him. Right. And, and right. it, and it, and it completely just takes away. Anything. And we also know of, of the, the, the theoretical um, loss that he suffers. We already know about that. Yeah. It's like, we need so, him as an old man. We see what he doesn't have. So exactly. we know that. I mean, yeah. so, so that, that, that's the answer. But then what, what really got me, is the last couple of pages of the last issue, and I, I it went for that that horror movie cliched ending where the old man thinks he sees something and whether or not he did, and and just like you know Jason's arm coming out of of Blake, oh and classic, like, you know, and it's just like, but why did we have to resort to that? Everything was cool. I was digging the story, and and then we just it just. I guess the tropes just just kind of killed it for me, and and I would have enjoyed it so much more if it was just a straightforward story. And then we end up in present day, but because we had the flashback, and I and I know, I know writers will will employ this method, and and I mean if if you if if you meet Spider Man trapped under all this rubble, and you know we flash back to how he got there, but we 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 get up to the moment in the middle of the book, then we still have to see him get out of it. But when, when I'm reading seven issues of a story that, that except for like five pages all take place in the past, I kind of know that unless all of a sudden everybody ends up in heaven, I kind of know that, that I'm not supposed to really worry about this young boy because he ends up growing to, to be an old man. And it just, but what about the details? But see, and that's the thing. I get well, the, right. It's 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 you know it's it's the journey. It's not the destination. But it's still there were still very heavy horror elements. And every time you know you you want to find out what this old man is going to do to this boy, and and I'm there for it. But when it comes to the, I mean, the only the big surprise was was his mother showing up. I mean, I didn't I didn't know that was coming. Yeah. That, Tiny. So there were little little things that he did that I was like, oh, all right, you know that's cool. I'll keep turning the page. But when it came time to whether or not you knew he was going to break free, I knew. And it just and and it just I and I'm not I I am not trying to um we we we've praised Scott Snyder plenty on this show and and for good reason. And exactly. So I mean, he knows what he's doing, and I'm not trying. I'm I'm, I'm not trying to play Monday morning quarterback. I just there are some things where when I read a story, I just. I I was I kind of had higher hopes I guess I'll yeah. say. Well, 
uh, I'll be honest. You know, I'm I'm the probably the biggest horror buff among the four of us. Sure. Uh, I'll keep it in the horror camp. Unlike the lament configuration, Sever did not get its hooks in me. I read two issues, and I'm like, I don't have to read anymore. I I was not compelled to to continue. And and Snyder's a great writer. It's just that this project didn't do it. It just it didn't push any of the buttons. Nothing, nothing drove me to find out anything about any of these characters. I, I is is it it whose fault is it? The writer or me? I I don't know. It just wasn't something I glommed onto. So you know, I you mean, keep you keep going. Yeah, I I will say, and I said this last week in the episode thread because I didn't get to talk about it. That uh, I do think the artist uh, Attila Futaki is uh, got great. He's he's got bad skills. I, th- I think we're yes. going to see a lot of him. Um, uh, I thought the book looked terrific um, from start to finish. Uh, I but I'm with David, and I think you summed it up. It's it's um, the journey can be great, and actually, some of my favorite films have used that construct where you're you're shown what happens, and then you you know the outcome and then they show you the journey and and that right. can be awesome but i think where it has to work is there has to be a genuine element of surprise like like yeah we knew he survived like we get that and we knew that he had a but but there has to then be like a true moment of shock and surprise that you didn't see coming but yet fits into the, the right the, the 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 ending we're given um you know like it's a, it's probably a well-worn we all but usual suspects like i just watched usual suspects again last night Great actually movie. like but that's that's the same construct right you're we know what happens the, we're seeing we're shown the end right we're shown the end and then we're shown and then but but then we're shown a conclusion that doesn't contradict the end we were shown at the beginning but has a, a lot of holy shit reveals right right it's so the journey is awesome because of it because there were a lot of things that we didn't see coming, but at the end they fit together in a perfect puzzle, and we're like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's no, right. It's, oh. it's yeah, odd that you guys are talking about this. This is exactly what the book I'm going to talk about does. Sweet. Cool, okay. That's where I thought we were going to go here because I frankly thought the first four or five issues of this were really well executed. And there were yeah, thrilling moments, and the characterization was great. I mean, the the evil dude was evil as can be, and I thought, wow, this guy's a sick bastard, and what's going to happen? But yeah, but then like the last two issues kind of just ended like, oh, okay, so he tries to kill him and then he doesn't. And that was and and that was the other. I, I it started to I guess fall off the rails for me where he's talking about how oh I saw the letter and and this is your home and this I all of a sudden just came to be I guess for me a little bit too contrived with with getting him to this house and it was all it was all just a big elaborate scheme. Yeah, to get it, this it, boy here. Right, it struck you like. It, I, to me, what's made this guy scary is that he had that like classic, almost like when you're a little kid. Or I, I have young sons, right? And so we, you know, every year they have the, we we have the obligatory school teaches them, you know, don't talk to strangers. And we uh-huh. we we always, it's like the, he was that stranger. He was like the predator that stumbled upon these kids who were wayward and took advantage of the fact that they were kind of lost and didn't really have direction and and yeah. and didn't have people looking for them. And that's that was scary because it's it's real like that. Like like yes, this is a a hyper horror version of of a predator but those predators exist right like that's that's a real thing and so there's legitimate fear in that character because you know it's not too far from the truth and then all of a sudden right it became this thing where he actually like 
at the end, we're led to believe that he he actually wrote the guy's letters as the uh-huh. dad. It's like really like I mean, there because there are thousands of those same kids out there for him to prey on that he didn't need to write letters to. He just yeah. could find on a train or could find in a bus depot or could have found in a alleyway like that. He didn't need to to construct it. He didn't need to single out this kid, you know. No. So yeah, it was a little suspect. Yeah. Let's talk about something that we loved because we're on like a long binge of stuff we haven't enjoyed. Yeah, I'll, I'll balance you guys uh, out because I absolutely love this book. I, I think in recent memory, it, it is probably the best thing I've read. What? Yeah, it, it was oh. fantastic. And uh, it's now before we get into this, I'm going to do a little bit Amazing Spider-Man. No, I'm going to do a little bit of a preemptive strike because I want to know how both of you pronounce the name of the company that published Jim Henson's Tale of Sand. Archaea. Isn't it Archaea? Archaea. See, I was saying Archaea because it's... How would you... Okay. I I mean, I'm I'm 90% sure it's Archaea because I've heard them say their own name before. Oh, good. That's excellent. So it's Archaea. Great. I don't have to worry about it now. It's published by Archaea. Yes. And and I I've been giving them pretty short shrift over the over the years. Um Shame n- on you. No longer. Yeah, because um this book was outstanding. It's written and created by Andrew E.C. Gaska. You're going to hear that name again because he is the writer of what? I talked about it before. Con- um, Conspiracy of the Planet of the Apes. That's right. That's right. Yes, sure. which is a fantastic book, but I'm not finished with it, so that's why I'm not talking about it. Um, and it, it's illustrated by Dan DeSalt. First time I've ever encountered this guy. <laughs> Holy crap, but I'll save it for, for the end. Um, it's hard SF. It's not sci-fi. It does have sci-fi elements. There, there are space battles and action galore, but this is hard science fiction. And it is wonderful. Uh, it begins with a pursuit by Earth government agents. They, they are in, in hot pursuit of this vehicle called the BSDV-1 Black Rabbit. It's an Ill- interstellar spacecraft. And it creates a micro black hole. Shoots out a, a, a projectile, creates a black hole, and skates along the event horizon. And, and all the while, space time is bending around the craft, and and the massive energy created spits the craft at faster than light speeds out beyond the realm of the solar system. This is where I was talking to you guys about. That's the culmination of all of the events in the book. The first chapter is the end. But okay. I think, as fascinating as this monumental occurrence in the annals of human history may be, I mean, this is the first time humanity has punctured the boundary of the solar system. They are going into, obviously, where no man has gone before, right? But it's the events leading up to this occurrence that are equally as important and compelling. Listen to this. This is so, I mean, I'm not even going to scratch the surface. And when I'm done, you're going to be like, what? Can you tell us the name of this book? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's called Critical Millennium. Yeah, there we go. Okay. The Dark Frontier. Oh, yeah. gee, how did I forget that? I'm just so excited I forgot it. That's what happens, you know. That was a David um, move. It all begins with Project Black Star, which was the dream of one now deceased Dr. Anders Coney. And this guy is the inventor of a propulsion system called the Gravity Lens. Nice. It has multiple applications, but uh, present day, 
uh, story, uh, what it's used for is automobiles. Automobile? Yeah, but and, and before and after uh, the man's demise, his wife had been trying to convince the powers that be, namely Prime Minister Lucinda Blacklighter, uh, head of the One World Government, situated on this colossal shield helicarrier-like floating uh, palace that humanity's overpopulation in the wars, in the industrial rape of the planet, etc., has the Earth on very shaky footing, and it's not going to sustain its population for very much longer. And, according to her and her husband, the sole means of species survival is this interstellar travel via the black star we need to get out of the solar system we know everything i mean mars has been colonized saturn there, there, there's colonies on almost all the planets and it, but it, but it's not enough we need to support humanity the population of earth right but uh so things turned really ugly during a graph car meeting between andrew's wife uh her name is alicia dan coney her son karif and his wife, Parmandar, and their young son, Tom. So in short, you have all of the major shareholders of Anders' company, Coney Dan Industries, in this flying vehicle with the prime minister. And uh, the the uh, elder Alicia exclaims that Project Black Star is, is going to begin with or without your approval and support. We're going to do it. We're going to go to the stars. And the Prime Minister responds by pulling out a gun and blowing away everyone in the vehicle. The driver, she shoots him in the head. Boom! His eyeball explodes. The side of his head is like splattered on the side of the vehicle. She kills uh, the old woman, her son, the wife, and the, 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 this grav car is like spiraling down to smack into earth. And uh, young Tom gets into a scuffle with her, starts choking her, and part of her personality is revealed. Uh, I'll let that go. Uh, unfortunately, it's something that's uh, going to bite her on the ass. Tom survives. Oh snap! Yeah, and and uh, hey, can I can I just interject something real quick? Hmm. I'm I'm looking at the preview uh, online. Mm-hmm. Um, I am really really surprised that uh, this this book artistically was up your alley, only because it seems very very. Um, I think it looks great. Actually, I think the art looks fantastic, but it, yeah. it looks very finished and rendered and yeah see i'll get um, to that it, it does but there's a but in there okay yeah i was a just saying because knowing you this is not like i would have like if i had seen this book on the shelves i would have my immediate thought would be regardless of the story that this is the kind of art that you generally don't vibe with so no, it's interesting it's ooh, i was grooving on it cool um so when tom turned 17 all of the coney dan industri- uh, industrial fortune is his. He is a multi-trillionaire, and he's 17 years old. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I want to be a trillionaire. As you would say, he's living the life. He's uh, hooked up with a hot pop star, Angel Ray. She's like a Beyonce kind of analog. Very attractive. Not blonde. No, Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> no, Beyonce. So, so it's his seventeenth birthday. He has bestowed all of the riches of of uh, his grandfather's company, uh, and the party's crashed by a pair of scientists who had worked with his grandfather on the gravitic lens, and uh, he puts them through their paces. He makes them uh, caviar wrestle uh, a bunch of half naked super babes, and if they <laughs> if they make it through, he said, "All right, I'll give you an audience." And they make a plea to the boy, 
uh, much like the one his grandmother made to the prime minister. The planet is dying. We, we need to see your grandfather's plan come to fruition if the species is to survive. So, I mean, the kid's reminded of his legacy. This is what grandpa wanted, you know, and grandma. Uh, so along with his lifetime friend, Eric Cartonius, uh, they liquidate the CD industry's entire assets, everything. They lay off close to a million employees, wow. and they, f they funnel all of the funds into the production of Project, Project Black Star. That's when the real trouble begins. And, and, and I, I've barely scratched the cervix, surface. I can't so talk. The cervix? Today. The cervix. I've scratched the yeah, cervix. Careful when you scratch the cervix. It of, a lot of irritation. <laughs> critical millennium. Because uh, the earth in this story is in pretty nasty shape. There, there's, there's been a number of ELEs, that's extinction level events, that have impacted the place. North America is a wasteland. There's nothing. Uh, it, it's just barren, destroyed, demolished to the point where communication signals have a difficult time piercing the, the destruction. Japan has fallen into the sea. Nice. It is, it is no more. And, and Caucasians are now considered a minority. A blight upon the planet. Uh, yeah, and, and they're shackled <laughs> with the derogatory appellation ghosts because, as one character says, they don't know that they're dead yet. Um, but there's an uprising among the ghosts uh, led by a mysterious masked man named the Wraith. And uh, they're one of the many groups that are trying to sabotage the creation of the Black Rabbit. Uh, you have destruction on a gigantic scale in, in one part towards, uh, right before the launch of the, the, uh, Black Rabbit. There's a, uh, an orbiting city that's, con that's tethered to the Earth by a gigantic space elevator. So you're thinking, what is the diameter of this thing if it, if it reaches all the way up into, you know, the upper atmosphere and, uh, the ghosts ram a ship into the, the space station? exploding the space station and the the tether snaps and just plummets towards the earth and you see this gigantic tether just come down and smack into this city and the devastation is unbelievable but the and what jason uh said it looks very finished but the art is somewhere in the realm of a clayton crane uh step step and sedgic it's all yeah. digital. It's all digital, right? And right. it's it's very finished, but where he parts ways with those two gentlemen is he doesn't share their tendencies for razor sharp detail. This is very loose and painterly. Okay. Beautiful swaths of color. I mean you could see brush strokes and uh it it's not labored. It looks very, very free and, and flowing, whereas as we know, as even with Sedgwick he has a tendency to, to get this crystal clear, razor sharp detail. Like if you've seen his Witchblade, the, the armor of the Witchblade, you could tell that he must have a pattern brush in Photoshop that he uses and it's all just like ultra focused and you, you can see the, you know, the, the, the negative areas in the costume and, and the undulating metal and it, 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 and the, the like the louvers in, in whenever there's like a wing in, in the Angelus, you could see that it's, it's too, I love his artwork. I really do. But there's, there's a, a component of process knowing Photoshop as well as I do that, you know, I can't separate the technique from the artwork. 
in some mm-hmm. spots. There's none of that here. It's so beautiful, and this guy's color palette is exceptional and um, very painterly, even when he does tech. I mean, the tech is rendered. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of detail to this artwork when he needs to do so, but it's it's not ultra focused to to the point of a of a like Clayton Crane when when you, you could even see the pores in some of the, the 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 skin of his characters that's too much detail for me i don't need to see that you know uh you could say the same thing with a brush stroke in in my opinion but the 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 relationships between the characters in this thing is just crazy the depth of story that Gaska has injected this book with you, you really need i mean if you love involved science fiction that you know multiple subplots all dovetailing into a, a, a one monumental occurrence you need to check this out the, the character designs are so cool especially the wraith and, and you have duplicity you have characters seeming to be one thing and and working for someone else just to sabotage this interstellar flight because you know the prime minister doesn't want anybody getting off the planet she hates the ghosts she's a a, a proponent of the old ways there, there's one part early on where uh she's talking to someone and you see a bunch of dolphins and you're thinking i don't know what's going on here maybe some kind of ceremony turns out they're in like this province of um uh what used to be I guess part of Japan and they had a ceremony where they actually hunt dolphins because that's how these people survived. And, and she does this ritual where she's given a sword and she just goes out and starts hacking the fuck out of these dolphins. And supposedly dolphins are extinct. And, and this is only one of six or seven pods in existence on the planet. And she hacks these dolphins to pieces just to satisfy this ritual and appease the people of their tradition. And she's like, you don't fuck with tradition. And and she is one badass. She will do anything to fulfill her agenda. As you will see in this book, she is nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's this little Annie Fanny looking woman on this fucking Bronco in one of these? Uh, that's Angel Ray. That's that's Tom's girlfriend. Okay. And and, and see, he's just using her as a you know a cum bucket. But oh, wow. he, he's he's <laughs> wow. kind. No, he's Explicit very attracted on this episode. No, really, he's <laughs> very attracted to uh, one of the crew members on uh, of the uh, Black Rabbit, uh, Doctor Pandita. She is uh, his trainer, his is uh, his mentor in a sense, uh, and she is smoking hot, platinum blonde, but she's smart yeah. hot, you know, Ex- exceptional. Th- this book is astounding, and get this last not last page but before you close the cover on this you are treated to a little bit of teaser it says uh blah 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 and the blah 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 will return in the graphic novel event critical millennium the dark frontier beacon there's gonna be a sequel to this damn thing i can't wait i I, i've i've fallen in love with these characters colons out the ass on the next book yeah i like (laughs) colons the the, um i I guess i know two colons are better than one right so i have i have the Tale of Sand and and, uh, and now this to look for at the Archaea booth. Well, I'll be really curious on that because yeah, I was thinking this is perfect for the uh, the inevitable uh, con Archaea sales. But uh, I'm wondering if uh, Tale of Sand is not going to be a part of that sale. I would I not be I surprised would, if yeah, it is. I would doubt it. Yeah, yeah. it's because it's getting so much publicity yeah. and and press, and also maybe they may even have a deal with Henson where they're not allowed to. Because I know that uh, uh, I'm pretty sure the um, what was. Uh, 
um, oh god it's, it's escaping me right now the um the book by jim mccann and uh and uh, Janet Lee, um, Dapper Men, The Return of the Dapper Men. Mm. I, I don't think that was ever offered as part of the. the sale I think either. you're right. Yeah, yeah so. that's getting good buzz too. Yeah. Well, it won Eisner's last year. I'm just saying, but I know when that was out last year. I, oh, I the art's recall. astounding. I mean, she she the art was uh, what, like wood carving. Yeah, I don't we think it was traditional paper. Yeah, we um we actually saw the art in person um, uh at the New York Comic Con. You couldn't make. Um, <laughs> I, damn. Well, I'm just saying that's why you didn't get to see it. But uh but we we went to the uh the launch party at uh at at the pl- at there was like a it was like a tea house like the Mad oh, Hatter's neat. tea house. And uh Chris and I were there. It was we went it was like on the Thursday of the show, I think. So it was um we went uh we stopped by with Ron and uh Connor uh and uh Janet was there with, and all of her art was on display for sale. And yeah, it's like it's like wood blocks, like like wood cut out. Yeah. Like blocks uh so uh, yeah. yeah, it is. But uh, Gaska's tale is extremely compelling. I mean, I I love it when I, I fall prey to the the writer's sleight of hand and get sucked into the story and forget about the. I mean, I almost lost um, awareness of the fact that I was reading during this. That's book. impressive. It, and and it is dense as friggin' hell. You're not gonna blow through awesome. th- this book. So how in many an pages hour. we talking? Like roughly. Oh, geez. The pages aren't numbered, but. Is it like a four issue mini? It's a, yeah, but they're not standard size issues. It's, um, it's a four issue series, but I would say each issue is like 32 to 48 pages. It's, it's, it's pretty chunky. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, but he even weaves the Mahabharata into the story. It's nuts. The, the, the level of detail that, that he has in this thing and, and just the, the, uh, I mean, that's one of the greatest stories ever told, uh, and and the, this parts of this mirror it. it. It's just really, really well done. Gaska has made me a fan. Between this and and the conspiracy of the Planet of the Apes book, I'm a fan. I really am. Wow. And it came out of nowhere. I mean, I had I had no idea who he was before these two books, and now he's on the radar, man. I will pick up anything he uh, and uh, Mister Dassault do. This book it just surprised the hell out of me. Well, that's nice. good. So it, he 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 slides into the spot that used to have reserved for Salvador La Roca. Uh, oh, Chris, that. Chris is uh, Chris is ready for you. Who? Hey, okay. Chris, Chris Neesman, our other co-host. Oh, right. Well, okay. I I would. This would be one of the, if someone said to me, "Hey, you point me in the direction of some great science fiction comics." This is one of the first books I I would I would slap into their the, hands. The preview pages remind me of just something that I'd 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 see. In heavy metal, it it looks it looks it, gorgeous. It, too. it does. It would fit it very well in heavy metal. Yeah, I mean the the, the painted look. I don't. I. It's I adult. Mean, not, it's, it's it's not for no, the kids. Well, I mean, I'm watching her on her her Bronco as a titties flapping in her face, but it, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, the caviar wrestling. There's a couple of nipples in there too, and there's already oh, there. No, it's oh, yeah. it's um, and I wouldn't. I I see the uh, the crane similarities. I. Because of my feelings on on the man since since X Force and 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 this this recent Carnage miniseries, I when describing the book, I would downplay that. I I see some of it. Oh yeah, I just meant colors. Yeah, I just I, meant completely yeah, it's, digital. It's, it's yeah, yeah. No, okay. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd agree with that. Crane Crane could be loose at times, but he has a propensity for over rendering a lot of stuff. Well, just man. because he can, just because just yeah. because Photoshop enables it. 
But no, this I, I think this Dan DeSalt is better than both Crane and uh, Sedgwick. I would agree. I based, really on, like his just work. Based on these preview pages, I would say yeah. Yeah, it's hot. It's it's very good, very good. Nice. Check it out. Critical Millennium. I will not make the same mistake twice. Critical Millennium: The Dark from Frontier from Arkaya. Arkaya. Written by Andrew E.C. Gaska. Remember that damn name. Remember this one, too. And Dan DeSalt. Exceptional. Nice. Yes. Let me get Just Chris. Just as we're running out of stuff to talk about, we can bring Chris in. It's awesome, isn't it? I'm sure he has something he wants to talk about. I'll I get him. to talk about something happy, but okay. No happy. happy. Hang on there, buddy. He's here. Hey. hey Hey, Chris. How you doing? Hi, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got I'm I'm kind of a creature of habit and and then my wife threw me a curveball and I was yeah kind of thrown off so I'm sorry what have you been doing did you talk about what comic books now? few comic books we were talking about, books, we were talking about baseball actually yeah, <laughs> okay, it's the all it's the all sports episode <laughs> you missed it no, I'm still here. <laughs> it's like so give it, Vin, Vin, Vince gave us his, you know, his top ten first baseman for the upcoming yes. fantasy draft. Yes. Uh, give give us some comics, Chris. Do it. What mm. you been reading? What you been reading, Chris? Mm. Well, what you drinking? Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you drinking? <laughs> uh, I am. Uh, I've actually been this is so bad. I uh, okay. I'm on my way home, and I forgot that we were recording tonight because it's Tuesday. But I normally I would have been home, but Marta calls me, kind of in a panic, that she's up at the uh, the house party for the women's bond spiel at the curling club, and we have you know for the big bond spiels of the tournaments, there's always a, a big house party and you know dinner party and drinks and all that kind of stuff, and I guess a few of the people that were supposed to help bailed at the last minute. She's like, oh, they really need your help and they need someone to you know help in the kitchen and blah 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 and Just so music to your ears. Yeah, I'm like I can cook, and so uh, and so I I jetted up to the north suburbs, and it wasn't until we were finishing up that I looked at my phone, and it, it was a, a text from from Dap that said, "You're gonna join us tonight." And I'm like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> Even his texts oh. are snarky. I know. No. no, no, it was there was much love. And no so, lie though, Chris. I wish I was as involved in a, in an activity as you are w- with curling. It's fun. It's um, you know, it keeps it keeps us going in the winter, which is awesome. And then, you know, that we have the you know summer stuff, you know, softball, and and what. It's good to stay busy. It's it's good to good to be active. And you know, Marta and I were just talking about it on the way home. It's it's kind of like comics, and and you know, even podcasting. You know, without without comics, I would not know you guys. Um, it, there's just it. There's something that that brings people together, and that's it's amazing when things do that, and and comics do that, and podcasting has done that. And I just sex. spent you know, it's sex group sex does that. Uh, I you know I just <laughs> just spent just spent the evening with a group of people that without curling, there's no way I would ever know any of these people they're from such diverse backgrounds and you know just different you know different everything and uh it's yeah isn't that awesome that you know that that we're just able to do that to to get into things and and for for just one thread of interest you get to meet so many different people it's one of the things it's, it's honestly my favorite part about comics anymore i like that more than the actual comics no man is an island. 
right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. am I right? Exactly. Am I right? Am I right? 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 That's one word. Am I right? Am I right? Give us. So, um, yeah, I read I read a few comics this week. Um, nothing that that blew me away. I'm I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> reading. It's a theme. It's a theme. Oh, it's a I guess theme? I'm the exception. Well, no, Vince yeah. really enjoyed his thing, but I started off by saying I read 25 issues of uh, of of Fractions Invincible Iron Man uh, to catch up. Yes, 25, uh, and was yeah. not uh, was not blown away. And then David uh, chimed in on Severed and how it ended, and we both were not particularly blown away by the end. And then. Vince picked us up by talking about Critical Millennium from Archaea and how much he enjoyed oh, it, but love we're, two, it. We're, we're one for three right now in terms of stuff we've talked about that we really enjoyed. So, well, you know, I'll I'll, I'll stay with a I'll stay with a, a Scott Snyder theme, and uh, you know, every, you should know how much by now that that I enjoy Scott Snyder's work, and I have not read the last issue of, of Severed, so I'm I'm bummed to hear that. Uh, but um, Gates of Gotham came out in trade a couple weeks ago. Yes, something like that. And I had read the first issue of this, and as I'm kind of going through my process of, I'll try an issue, and if I like it, then I'm going to control myself and say I will wait and buy that and collect it. And uh, and so I've been buying a lot of a lot more collected editions and a lot fewer single issues. So Gates of Gotham came out, and it is a kind of a dual converging story from uh from scott snyder and kyle higgins i guess um scott snyder co-plotted it and kyle higgins uh co-plotted and um and scripted it and it's got uh art by trevor mccarthy and ryan parrott and it's a it's a it's a dual converging story of the history of gotham and gotham's families and a present day um terrorist mystery plot that is that is connected to uh, to Gotham's history. And so um you know for me a lot of a lot of those type of stories I really enjoy the historical aspect even even if it's you know fi- you know fictional history and Gotham is probably one of the you know most amazing fictional cities in not just comics but probably you know you know modern fictional culture. I mean Gotham is is a you know wonderful fictional city and it it has a hazy history that's never really been delved into you know not not you know not to the extent that i think scott snyder wanted to start doing with gates of gotham it gets into um the early wayne family and the Cobblepots and the elliots and how they took this frontier town and really uh wanted to uh to build it up and and surpass at the time uh, Metropolis, you know, it was those were the two cities that were that were kind of you know up and coming. I can see it as kind of a a New York Philadelphia or New York um, uh, Baltimore um, feeling, you know, from the the early uh, American East. And I dug that, um, but you know, you 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 come to to present time, which is before. The fifty-two reboot, and you've got you've got the uh, Dick Grayson Batman with uh, Tim Red Robin, Damian um, as Robin, and then the uh, uh, Blackwing, which is the former uh, uh, Batgirl, and so it's the kind of the new Bat family 
chasing down a series of terrorist attacks and the clues all go to the gates of Gotham, which they at first think are the gateways or the, the bridges into Gotham. Uh, but it's actually in reference to uh, two brothers who were the architects that, that these families uh, contracted to, to build these, you know, new uh new structures that would that would put gotham on the map so it was good i i i liked it i thought it could have been awesome and it just it didn't it didn't go quite over the top of the mountain how i wanted it to it was still a good read and uh, uh i just i have um, I have really high expectations for anything that Scott Snyder is a part of right now. And so it's like when Jason Aaron does something that is good but not great, I get disappointed. Even if there was anyone else's name attached to it, I would probably really enjoy it. But there are certain creators that you have a level of expectation with yeah. that. You know, it's you, you, yeah. set a, you set a bar of excellence and whenever you don't get to that you know it's like michael jordan going out and and scoring 20 points and with with eight assists it's like when jeremy lynn only has 20 and eight you know it's like (laughs) yeah it's it's you know would be you know great by any other standard uh, but uh, but a little disappointment and jeremy is that gonna keep going is he real i don't know is this the real deal it's crazy man it's pretty nuts I, I any any time an Ivy Leaguer starts taking the NBA by storm, though, I'm all for it. So anytime, you mean the only time? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, hey, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's all good. It's like me with Brandon Jacobs. You know, anytime a a Saluki is a is a starter in the NFL, you know, that's, yeah. You know, anytime. Well, by the way, only- I, I would have described if if I had chosen to talk about Gates of Gotham when I read it, I would have described it pretty much in the exact way you just did. So I I, I totally agree with you. I. I I, I think it was so. Then all right. So let me. If I mean, considering what we what, what Jason and I'm not going to spoil anything for you, Chris. But considering what what Jason and I just said about severed, is it is it? Um, I don't know if it's safe to say that when he's on his own, Snyder's firing on all cylinders and everything's great. But when he's working with someone else or or, or plotting and someone else is scripting, that things may kind of not gel as well. Mm, yeah, I, I can I can see that. I think he has. Uh, I think a lot of creators, if they have a singular vision, he just may be wired to say, "This is how we're going to do it." And and some people, whether it's in work or or in their creative outlets or whatnot, if they if they get into a collaborative effort, they may concede things that they maybe shouldn't. The, the what I felt about Gates of Gotham and with Severed is that it. It fired out of the cannon so well, and I'm like, this is a great beginning of a story. And it just, it was kind of like a firework that didn't go off at the end. Okay. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I mean, well, that's certainly how we described the end of Severed. I mean, like you said, you weren't here for that. But but yeah, I think that's right. That's fair. Does, uh, now, now is this, does this collect? His detective comics run, or was this something else? Was this no? This mini? is this is uh, you know, and and I think to be fair, I think that Scott Snyder has a has a big plan with Batman. Oh God, and, that's obvious. Yeah, I mean, and, especially with with what's going on, in, and that's why I was saying how. I mean, I 
I'm enjoying it. I mean, I think we're all enjoying it because of, of, of Papi Capullo, but I mean, he, Snyder is definitely working well with his art team on Batman, and I'm loving the hell out of that story. I'm not reading any other Batman title, and I'm a little, I'll say leery about this whole Night of Owls, Court of Owls, whatever this whole yeah. Bat Universe crossover event is, and I know it's not just going to be Scott Snyder telling this story. So I don't know if he's the main orchestrator or, or I, what's I, I going think, on. I think this, I think this gets uh, into All Star Western now. Yes, because, uh, well, because anything that's Gotham related or Bat yeah. related will be will be touching on this whole Owls thing, and it's and it's it's kind of cool, especially with when, when we saw earlier in I guess the third or fourth issue of All Star Western. And where where Hex and and Arkham were were in the sewers and and I mean and it's it's cool I can dig that and 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 Batman has been fantastic especially with with the maze and and everybody's photos and the camera and and I mean I, I just read the sixth issue and that was fucking outstanding but um, it's uh, well oh yeah okay all right titties but it's it's, it's <laughs> come bucket and, and come bucket but but um but I mean we know it, even if it was just a standalone him only on the Batman title with no other crossovers, Batman is really knocking it out of the park, and it's just Scott Snyder, but with Jason and I, and and and, and Snyder had a partner writing on, on Severed, and, and, and you're mentioning Kyle Higgins, and, and Vince and I are adoring, and I believe Jason is now, too. We're, we're, we're loving what he's doing on Death Should Stroke. Should be past Kyle Higgins. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, well, I just read issue six, so I feel like uh, not on it yet, as far as I'm reading it. But it's um, but you know, so so and and I'm enjoying Nightwing, which which Higgins is writing. So, um, I know Higgins can bring it. I did not read any of Snyder's Detective Comics stuff yet. And, oh, you need Jim when you. I know, yeah. I know, and and well, I can't bring any new books into the house, but it's, it's true. <laughs> So, Even when she's know, all on the recovery drugs, dude, and that's and see, and that's the other thing. When, as Chris was talking about activities and stuff, now that she's start, I mean, she was talking to Vince before we all started, and and she's feeling all chipper, and she can't wait to hit the treadmill again. So I'll be happy because I'll actually be able to start exercising shit again. But but it's it's um. But no, as wait, of right wait, wait, now, what does that mean? Don't worry about it. But as of right <laughs> now, you can live vicariously through me. But but as as um. Yeah. You know, so I mean, so so right now I I can't unless it's digital. Once it's on sale digitally, I'll 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 be on it. But um, as far as Snyder goes, I even with Swamp Thing, I'm I'm loving what he has to say. But I think I'm more in love with him when he's flying solo. Yep. When you know, I think I, it's go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I, I actually think that uh, I'm more surprised when a collaborative team like works out in comics just because i think it's like i don't know how you how you have writing partners in in such a well uh, okay but but pack and van lenty well that's they're who i think of when i think of is surprising like okay like, yeah. like they work out but i don't know that yeah. like at, at, abnett abnett and lanning i mean yes. there are there are there are a few of them and yeah. when Pamiotti it works pamiati and gray is but, um, but, but, but see but there's a but but the, so well, that's, that's true. That's, but but I mean, but but they have an, a, a track record. Snyder seems to be Snyder hasn't had right. years of working with Kyle Higgins. What what I like that from what I'm seeing with with Scott Snyder as far as a collaborative effort is the the kind of loose collaborative effort that he has with Jeff Lemire, and I think that that is, um, I think that is showing. 
dividends that that people may not uh, you know see as far as the credits go but apparently those two are are collaborating all the time on 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 yeah they're very they've turned into i think very good friends yes yeah and yeah. yeah, they they are BFFs, and, and I think that we're seeing what what that has you know turned Animal Man and and Swamp Thing into. But yeah, it's it's different to do that and go over ideas and kind of big big plot points as opposed to working much closer on a story like he did with with Higgins. And and you know Higgins is is credited with the scripting. The scripting in this book is fine. I just thought that there it. I didn't think it was big enough, and and okay. that's that's what that's what I want in my comics is you know I don't want to say go big or go home, but it's go big or go home, or or or, <laughs> or, or at least you know have 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 the have the the balls to to tell a story that that you you don't have to kill a B list character sure. to make it to make it matter marvel uh, but at least at at least do something that is a bigger idea and what i liked about gates of gotham what i wanted more of was the history of gotham that's the that's the neat idea that's what's cool so i want to see i want to see the history of gotham i want to see the deal with the devil that made that made that city what it is it's uh uh, I don't know if you guys have read Devil in the White City. You know, it's about it's about the basically the the construction of the uh the Columbian Exposition in Chicago and then there's also a serial murder uh that's that's going on at, at the same time. And anyone that you talk to that has read Devil in the White City will probably tell you that the historical part of the book is what interested them more than the murder mystery, and that's what I felt about Gates of Gotham. It's like, you know, I've how many how many Batman murder mysteries have you read in your life? You know, three hundred, <laughs> four hundred. Um, I want to know, you know, I want to know more about Gotham, and that was what was neat about this. And I I, I feel like. We got that at the beginning, and then at the end, it ended up more about the the mystery or, or tracking down the terrorist in present day Gotham, as opposed to what was going on in in Gotham of old, which is what I wanted to know more about because I've seen and read enough Batman mystery stories that that take place today that they're just not that you know they're not that different. You know, it's right. it's the it ticking bomb scenario. So. One of the reasons why I'm enjoying Snyder's current take on Batman is because, along with the whole mystery of the owls and and what's going on here, uh-huh. he's really made that book a horror book. Yeah, yeah. sure. To, yeah. You know, and and that speaks to me. So, yes, well, we've read we've read. No, go ahead. You know, a ton of Batman and in every different stripe, murder mysteries. We've seen the, just the, the straight superhero Batman, but Campy. horror elements. Yeah. Maybe unseen since the time of Kelly Jones, like the uh, real horror see, elements. Now, I was Batman. thinking, who did, um, who wrote the opening arc to, uh, Shadow of the Bat? Was it Alan Grant? Because that was, that was the early days of Arkham Asylum. And it was, it was, um, 
Norm Breifogel was the artist. Colors by by covers mm-hmm. by Brian Stelfreeze. But Stelfreeze, I want to yeah. say it was uh, it was Alan Grant that wrote that. But I mean, I, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, right. it's it's it is one of the. I mean, there are we've we've had tons of Batman stories. It's nice that you know we're actually. I mean, we we haven't had too many Metropolis stories, but Gotham is yeah. an extension. It's its own Batman. character. It's it, yeah. it, it, so, it's I mean, its own character. Yeah. It's they 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 really. I mean, Batman won't wouldn't work now. Even with the new Fifty Two Batman, if they tried to transplant him into somewhere else, it would San not Francisco. work. Exactly. So it's it's. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, anywhere else, but it was it was. Um, so I mean, it worked. But I mean, we we we've had Arkham, and whether or not they ever touch on that again, so be it. But it's nice that even even with the new 52 and, and with whatever plans Snyder may have had, may have had to change because of the new 52, he's still playing with Gotham city and, and even, and, and Palmiati and great to an extent too, with, with, with all-star Western, but it's, oh, yeah. it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's nice that even, even though it's still a Batman story, even though I'm, I'm getting some, some, he still has to think. I mean, in issue six, it was, you know, seeing him do what he's got. That that cover was freaky as hell, where he's like half owl and whatnot. But oh, it's awesome. that <laughs> scared that Jesus out of me. But it was. Um, but it's nice that even though it's still a really cool Batman story, you're still getting. He's still telling a Gotham story, and and that's. I think that's another reason why. I'm so happy or I'm so in love with the Batman title more right. than any of the other Bat books. That, that I mean, it's, I, like I said, no, it, I mean, it is, it is yeah. the only Bat book that I'm I mean, it, it's It's 1A. It's 1A. Well, I yeah. would tell you, you know, I know you, um, the, the idea, David, you were saying about how the they're going to, they're seemingly taking this Court of Owls and extending it to other Bat books. You know, I guess if, if, um, I would be like a lot more concerned if, if the, whatever was going on in like Tony Daniels' detective. Yeah, was all of a sudden being put into other books, including like Batman, which I am reading. Like, the, I would be more worried if like of the of like of something creeping into a book that I'm already reading versus like taking a book that I'm reading and that idea creeping to other books. I guess like, I like I'm, it. Yeah, since I'm it. reading Batman and that's where they're getting the idea and expanding it, like I'm cool because I'm going to keep reading Batman. Right. And this is obviously Snyder's idea, so he's going to steer it in the way he wants to steer it. I guess if I was, there are probably people out there that are just reading Detective or just reading uh, The Dark Knight. That, that I would be more concerned if I were one of them. Yeah. Because, no, I mean, I'd be more if I was one of them for a lot of reasons. Well, no, it's, but what I mean is, is like again, it's it's one thing if 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 the book you're reading is the genesis of something that crosses out into broader broadens out. But if if it's more like if you're reading another title and then you find out that like an idea from another book is coming your way, that that can work and sort of feel I think yeah. feel more. Out of place, you know. Well, it might uh, it might be how some of the uh, the Avengers fans or X Men fans are feeling about the next event from Marvel. Because I mean, why would if I'm reading X Men, I don't care about Captain America and Iron Man, so I don't really need to read about them right now. But I mean, they're going to have to for the next few months. But no, I, I get exactly in, what in you're almost saying. everything. Yeah, I know, and it's uh, and, and because, don't have, because don't have to because everybody. Is is an Avenger? I mean, you probably well, slots probably safe with Amazing, but I mean, for the most part, yeah, pretty much everybody's going to be nobody's safe in this event. But nobody's it's, safe. It's, now, David, I, I get exact. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you a question, but you can finish what you. I mean, I, I go, get exactly. And then I'll ask what, you. 
I, I get exactly what Jason's saying. I do. It 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 is somewhat comforting knowing that this is this is something that that Snyder and 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 his team have have created, and and that's what's going to seep into the other books. I mean, if it was if if it was the um, I don't even remember the dude's name. Who who's that mirror dude from from the Batgirl book? Is it the mirror? Mirror? The yeah, mirror? Is it the mirror? Yeah, okay, the mirror. Yeah. yeah. So, I, uh, so I mean, if if all of a sudden he started showing up in Batman and the Dark Knight and stuff like that, correct? Yeah. Maybe that that that, that might yeah that, that that would probably maybe torque me a little bit. But I mean, because it is the owls, and I might be a little concerned that it won't it won't have it won't maybe sound the same the way Snyder tells his stories, or it definitely won't look the same based on what what Capullo's designs are, but. Uh, you know, as long as I can keep reading Batman and and kind of stick with it, I'll be happy. I mean, I, I I'm enjoying Nightwing, so we'll see where that goes. But I mean, for the most part, I, I share I, I I share Jason's theory where you know because it's Batman, it started there. That that's where they're running with mm-hmm. it. So it's it's a little easier to take than than, than if it was the reverse. You know, it's going to be interesting with Snyder because certainly we have more than sung his praises on this show, uh, as our as have our our. Uh, buddies and community members with the eleven O'Clockers and and we're certainly not alone. I would say he, if we were to take a straw poll of all the 2011 comic related year end awards, I'm sure Snyder made his way on most in some fashion. Um, it was you know definitely his year. What I think will be interesting is uh, if he can make that next jump. I, I think I think to go from a really talented writer, which he clearly is without question, to being like considered i think a great writer who can like have a long career that extends into you know is he is he is he is he chuck austin or is he is he uh ed brubaker i think it's quite clear he's not chuck austin Um, (laughs) hey hey man there 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 was there was a a a small window of time where that guy had the keys to the car that's true what i'm saying is is to me it's about genre because as vince alluded um all of Almost all of well, I think all of Snyder's stuff so far, um, although the rappers have been somewhat different, some superhero, some not, have largely been a horror aesthetic. And clearly, he's very, very good at telling horror books. And I've enjoyed, either liked or loved everything that I've read of his. That that so he's you know he can keep doing that for a long time and make quite a nice career for himself. But it's can he transcend that genre and tell? Think tell great stories completely out of that genre, uh, that are equally good, if not great. That's the next challenge for him, uh, and he may not even have any interest in doing that. I mean, right, I, as I was just saying, does he have to? Yeah, no, he doesn't have to. You know, but, but in my per, like in the in my personal like view of who's the greatest of all time or like greats, I think he has to like yeah. to, like to, to Alan, be, Alan Alan Moore didn't stop. Well, right, I mean, that's thing. well, right. I mean, Alan yeah. Moore is the greatest for lots of reasons, not not the least of which is that he's done great works in just about every genre imaginable. But yeah. but I think that again, other people, and this is not just for comics, but I think directors, authors, to me, to be like great and not just very good, you need to show me uh, a breadth of of creativity that goes beyond just the one thing. Um, and it's not always because you know. Again, I can contra- I mean, Stephen King's a great, and he's he just damn you, damn you. So, so I'm not like to my point. To your point, no, he doesn't have to stop being. I, I would expect he'll never stop being horror centric because that's clearly something he loves and is great at. But I think, like when I compare him to say, uh, like Jason Aaron, 
Mm-hmm. Like Jason Aaron blows me away because in the same year that he's putting out a book like Scalped, he's doing uh, a book with humor in it. He's doing a book that's horror based. He's like he's doing a lot of different genres and doing them all really well. And uh, and that's I, I'd love to see that come next from from Snyder. And I've seen nothing from him that would suggest he's not capable of that. I just think he probably hasn't really been given the opportunity or had an idea that, that fits into that. And I, and I don't see why he can't. I mean, remember, people probably forget now, but, but I mean, before Bendis was, you know, the Marvel, you know, uh, you know, uh, a BMOC, he, you know, he was writing, you know, indie crime and, in, you know, like hard crime books. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, like, he was, he was a crime writer. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and I then at some point he started monster. writing the West Wing. Over yeah, and over again. yeah. So I mean, so I don't have a doubt that he could do it. It's just I'll be curious to see if he a is interested and b once he does take that leap, like how he executes that first or second, you know, non horror esque thing. That'll be really interesting to see. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sick of the superstar writer idea. It's I'm, yeah. Well, I'm just, I, I, you know, I'm 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 fine with Scott Snyder writing whatever he writes. I think that. I think I would rather at this point see more writers that do individual genres very well than this need to to pick one or two or five guys to write everything. I think that there's I I, I would rather see more voices than fewer uh, than than fewer people trying to sing different notes does that make it i mean i I guess i well i guess based on what i just said i don't necessarily agree with that i mean you know it's just it's just a devil's advocate sure well i think part of it though right is that in today's comic industry it's tough as a writer um to make a living unless you're right yeah you have to write multiple books to make a full-time living right i mean you can't you're not getting paid enough to you know i I, and, and that sucks because i think we saw it with gail simone gail's good writer gail can't be spread so thin as to write four or five books a month. It's well, yeah. It's, I mean, I think she again. I don't. I don't pretend to know the goings on of DC, but it strikes me as it struck me as odd from Jump that she was paired up with Ethan Van Skyver for a whole litany of reasons. Yeah, <laughs> but, but clearly that was not a match made in heaven. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I think it. I think it looked pretty. It, it was pretty clear. It, it, it was pretty clear, you know, going back a few years ago that you know they they piled a bunch of books on her, and it was like, hey, okay, this isn't working. You know, some some writers just need to write a book or two a month, and I think that um, I think that I I don't want to. I'm not blaming Bendis because I know that there were other shit. Marv Wolfman was writing a lot of books at one time. Yeah. Mike you, W. Bar. You, you go. You, yeah. You, I mean, you go back. You got Gerber. I mean, you, them, I mean you, you. Roy Thomas was Stan, writing. Roy Thomas and all, I, I mean, mean yeah. Stan. You know, Stan was doing what six. You know, six or he eight. wasn't really writing them. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have did a hundred. He wasn't. He, he wasn't writing he was, them. I was he say, was. I'd say he, was overseen, he was overseeing yeah. everything from the writing and the art and <laughs> the direction and you the know, business the, development, yeah, and oh, yeah, <laughs> the marketing. Uh, but uh, no, I, 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 and Jason mentioned. It, I think that it's got <laughs> it's gotten to a point. That's funny. Uh, that that yeah, it's financially. I think that just the you know the the rate is that if these people are going to make a living, a decent living, writing comics, they have to write. You know, five 
five a month, but See, you know, that's, that's fewer, because, fewer, fewer I mean, I'm just, I'm just going by his tweets, and I'm, I, I know that Dan Slot lives alone, but he lives in Manhattan. He lives in New York City, but I believe he's only writing he Amazing mom. Spider-Man. No, he doesn't live with his mom. He's not. He's not living that fanboy dream. But it's, it's, you know, so he's he's writing the flagship character, but he is. I think he's it's over yeah. FF. No, 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 no. The flagship. Not, Thank not, you, Jason. Not, not not that other book that they suck up. Big bone. To be the 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 flagship, but um, stop. Peter Perpetual Loser is never going to be the flagship character. Dude, but. yeah, okay. Which which is the character on the on the letterhead and on the paychecks and everything? Like that? <laughs> tell me, tell me it's the page. Yeah, love yeah, that's it. For right. So I, I'm surprised it's still published, but it's you, you got it's, that right. Um, <laughs> so. I mean, I don't. There are some, there are some some writers who, yeah, who I think would. I mean, Brew Baker, he's pretty much writing Cap and 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 well, Fatal. But I mean, he's he's writing the Captain America universe, the Marvel universe. But um, he's got his books. But I mean, not every. There are there are some writers who, yeah, who 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 I guess do better when they're writing more than than one or two books, but. You have some some writers who who are just either comfortable or content or just that's the story they want to tell and that's the that's the title. Let's think about like what's what's the most books that Grant Morrison's ever written at this at one time? Not that many, right? I mean, probably had three points. Yeah, like three's of. probably. I mean, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm pulling this out of my ass. I'm sure somebody won't name names is probably going to get on Twitter and tell us how wrong I am. But uh, but but uh, I'm guessing like Grant Morrison's written what like you probably three like you said like three books at, at the most in a given. At a given yeah, time. I would think. And that most the, of the time, it's one or two, right? I mean, yeah, I, I would think that it was his time at Marvel when he was writing. Yeah, but were they all ongoing? Though I mean, because because Marvel Boy was a mini, and that's I mean, actually, if you look yeah, at New X Men, was an ongoing. Yeah, yeah, like 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 an ongoing, a mini, and a creator owned. Right. If you look at the stuff that Grant Morrison, that quote unquote, that made him quote unquote Grant Morrison, I mean, most of those books, I think he wasn't writing much else at the at the time, right? I mean. I'd have to do some research, but you may be right. Yeah, I could be wrong. I, I don't like I. I don't really have the. I, don't, I mean, I've read most of it, but I don't have the chronology in my head. Like, I mean, I he had, he had a nice string, you know, but I don't. Yeah, know I mean, they were what, long time. Like, I mean, he was was he he probably was writing uh, the Invisibles at the same time he was writing at least for a while the JLA. Right? I mean, there had to be some of. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah I mean, he probably had you know like We Three or something mixed in. Right, right. You know? So yeah, so he. I yeah. mean, I just you know that that was one of the things that I that I really enjoyed about the the new fifty two is that I know that there were a few writers that that had a couple books going, but um, for the most part, I mean, it was it was a really big group of creators and it's, but it, it's changing though it's bubbling like there a lot well, yeah, of the creators that are managing to hit are consolidating like look at scott yeah. Lobdell. he's got three books right four well, look, not to uh not, not to uh <laughs> i i don't want to be i don't want to belabor this point but i will say for me and again i can only speak personally here because i don't uh i think we can get in trouble sometimes we try and project our own feelings as as though they speak for the broader audience because i think lots of times we're we're, we're proven that we're we're not wrong. Really, seeing it the way <laughs> yeah. that general industry is. But for me personally, um, I am deeply disappointed that with what is effectively the second arcs for many of these books, 
were being pulled into the let's cross them over yeah. trick. I agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, the 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 twenty one year old, well, the 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 eighteen year old comic book reader of me would have like geeked out about that because yeah. the idea of shared universe and reading every title in the universe was like what made comics fun for me. But the dad of three, husband of one, uh-huh. person who has lots of other things to do. Um, and it's generally the, the, the guy, the guy who's been on this particular merry-go-round once yeah, or twice. And, and, and yeah, it, and is genuinely enjoying the dozen or so of the titles that I've kept with, like genuinely enjoying them. Um, I, I struggle greatly with the idea that I'm now being forced to either choose to buy books I wasn't buying to see for the stories, or to in fact skip whole chunks of an arc like again it's it's i don't have a problem if you want to bring a character from one book into the other book but when you're putting them into all right you're gonna we're gonna go from this issue to that this issue and and it's being structured that way that is problematic and it's 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 it looks to be happening in quite a few of the books yeah in the- well i mean i mean me. well you know back, back in the day that was something special that that would but see, that's the thing though. But I mean, you would only have you would have Suicide Squad showing up in Captain Adam. You wouldn't necessarily have to have Part Two carry over into the next issue. You would just have have that character have Correct. that team yeah, show exactly. up yeah, until like, they got oh, smart. It was like Spidey's going to be in, in Fantastic Four. Cool. It wasn't like, yeah. and then make sure you buy Spider Man Four Twenty Two yeah, to find right. out what happens next. Yeah, then, and then yeah. that was the and and again, the eighteen year old me would have. Love even if they did that, I would have been like, "Oh, that's cool," because I would have bought them all anyway. They did and, occasionally uh, do that, but it wasn't occasionally. No, right. occasionally, but it, it happened. It, I'm not going to say it didn't happen, and yeah. I would have at then I would have been like, "Oh, cool, let me do that." But I'm just saying now for me, and and I, that's why I'm trying. That's why I preface this by saying I'm not trying to say that I'm speaking for everybody else because a lot of other people may be totally grooving on the idea that they're going to do this. But for me, it's a real downer. And again, speaking for me because I have. Several hundred issues of Rajan and, and years and years worth of collected editions that I could read, not to mention back issues. That, it, that is leading me to drop a number of Com- titles. Comics have okay. t- a, 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 comics have turned into a series of entry and exit points. Hey, what's up, eleven o'clock comics guys? My name's Jake. I live in uh, Echo Park, Los Angeles. I'm uh, been listening to you guys for a couple months. Totally digging it. Um, kind of just stumbled on it uh, by accident. And uh, I've been hooked ever since to get a kick out of you guys. Um, it's been, I loved your coverage of uh, the, the New 52. Couldn't agree more with the, with the Animal Man. That was some, some awesome shit. Um, anyways, I was wondering if I could get a little bit more uh, discussion uh, between you guys of uh, the Wolverine best there is. Uh, I know you not really that into it, but I'm loving the uh, the Juan Jose Rip Art Reap, however you say his name. Um, I think it's great. The, the the storytelling isn't that isn't that compelling, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I got to say it's it's cool seeing uh, Rip from from Avatar fame uh, doing some Marvel stuff. He did that one shot Punisher, uh, which wasn't also that interesting, but again, the art was killer. Um, so yeah, let's hear what you guys think. Uh, thanks again. So we just had, we just had a Spider-Man and Daredevil crossover two-parter. Years ago, back in the 80s, when Frank Miller was, was, was writing a two-ish, two-part tale 
in Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man, where Peter went blind, Daredevil showed up in his in Spider-Man's book, right. and those were the two parters right there. You didn't have you didn't have to buy Daredevil to finish the story. Right. Recently, you did, and that's and and that's that's the whole. I mean, and I, Jason and I were actually. We, we we were talking about this on Twitter back and forth when when DC released their solicits for for May, but it's it is it's it's getting a little. I and I'm I have scaled back the DCs after we you know all talked about the relaunch, but it it's there are some things and then DC's making it making it easy for us too by by either by canceling titles by by moving creators from from one title to another and and I mean you know they're they're trying to see what works but there are some things where if we were 18 if if we were the the, the younger reader we would probably like Jason's been saying we would probably be all over it but right now we just we have to be a little bit more frugal with with what we're doing yeah I mean, I think there's a sly way to do it, and there's a way to do it where it just smacks, smacks of commercialism. Yeah. Um, back in the day, Nova and Spider-Man. That was cool, and it was yeah. only, what, like two issues? Yeah. A- and they, they did that recently to a certain extent with Frankenstein and, and OMAC. That was really well done. You didn't have to invest a hell of a lot of money they, to get they, a real but, good story. But it wasn't, just, it wasn't just Frankenstein and OMAC. You had Deathstroke and Suicide Squad. You had, right. I mean, they had, it was, no, no, I'm sorry, Commingling, commingling is cool. Crossovers are not cool as far right. as I'm concerned. Because there you go. It's, well, it's, and, and Chris, Chris is always fond of saying, you know, we know how the sausage is made, and he's right in the sense that, and again, this is this is our own thing, right? This is the this is a byproduct of it of a of a of a industry that is catering to people that have read these stories or variations for decades. Yeah. We we the we see a lot of the tropes coming a mile away, which is when we first see them, they might have been cool or we wouldn't have noticed them. Now we see them, we see the mechanics behind it, and that's that's as much our own doing because we keep going back to the wells it is i mean they're still telling the stories they're telling we've chosen to keep on that roller coaster and and so i'm not again i'm not blaming them i'm saying that but but we're more mindful of these things and so the idea of whether it's commercial or not that's right for me i look at the solicits which again i know lots of people don't read solicits and so it's not an issue for them but for me since i pre-order my books when i see the new 52 and i see a dozen at the same time, crossovers between two books, it strikes me as a, a mechanism to get people to buy more books, right? Sure. Yeah. Fair or not, it's that's how it strikes me, and that like, puts me off. I'm like, ugh. You know, it like, should geez. strike you that way because that's how it is. I mean, that, right. that's exactly and, and, what it is. And, and, and again, so just so we don't get the oh, you're D- I'm, this isn't a DC Marvel thing. I I, I get appalled. No, it's, it's a as, comic I, thing. You know, the, the, right. the, the Marvel makes me swoon these days when I see the the the, the double shipping. I mean, it's 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 insane. I, yeah. I it's crazy. I mean, I, I you know, and again, if you like the book, it's more power too. Like I gushed about Uncanny X Force, and I got 19 issues of that last year. I was totally cool with that because I loved I loved the book. But that said, it does make it a much harder decision to stick with the books. Like if their goal is to get you to stick with as many Marvel books as you can, I personally think double shipping works against them over the long haul because it's that much harder right like like you may like thunderbolts but you got to love thunderbolts if you're going to pay buy two issues a month and that and they pretty much ship it two issues a month every month right so and and then you have to also like the artist cuz if you're double shipping yeah. on a regular basis you're having different artists like gabe talked about that you know they're going to double ship secret avengers so obviously gabe's going to be doing every other issue pretty much same thing on thunderbolts you got kev walker who's awesome you got declan who's awesome 
but I don't think they're all. They don't think they're particularly similar to one another. And so you got to like both if you're. I mean, if you're an art guy, you got to like mm-hmm. both because you're getting one of each each month, and it's a, a consecutive story. It's not like they're telling two separate stories. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Poor David. No, see, because I mean, at least uh, going oh, back Matt, to the start. What do you mean poor David? No, no, no. Because well, like you, you know, see, at least with this Scarlet Spider villain with Neil Edwards. Chris Joseph is telling the story that's done in one issue. So, so at least it's not, it's not, I guess I'll, I'll say interfering with whatever stigma is going to draw. It's just mm-hmm. at the end of the fourth issue, that was, I guess the first arc. Now there's this story and then Ryan will be back with issue six to continue whatever arc that they're going to go with from there. So it's, that's neat to have at least, you know, at least if, if I guess it'll feel like a fill-in artist. It's 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 a single issue, and and we're in and we're out. Whereas, like you just said, with with Declan and and Kev Walker, I mean they're they're both great artists. But if if part two is illustrated by a different artist, then part three is back to the first issue artist. Things can get a little depending on where you fit on on the writer or artist side of things. Things can get a little. I mean, we're back to the whole Salvador La Roca. Well, at least he drew right, all right. the issues. But, yeah. you know, how does it look overall? Yeah. Guess what, brothers? What were you going to say about uh, Avengers versus X-Men before? Oh, geez. Well, I think we've, we've trailed the tangent for too long. But uh, it was when Chris was talking about uh, superstar writers and blah, blah, blah. And he mentioned Bendis. And I was thinking, there, there's something about Bendis's tenure on the Avengers titles that I think created a major problem. And, and it's the whole everyone's an Avenger bullshit. Now, I, I, what I was going to say to you is, being a diehard Marvel fan, honestly, does it feel right to you to have Wolverine on the Avengers? Does it feel right to have Spider-Man on the Avengers? It just, it, not everyone can be an Avenger. And, and I, it's not, it's yeah, not some no, prestige uh, thing. It's, it's, there, there's a certain tone to the event well there has been for decades a certain tone yeah. to the avengers book well, where you have these characters that are the the well they were but for the most part the, the role models like cap cap is the leader for, for, for me it, well, it felt it felt like a hoarding of toys like i'm going to get all of the toys and right it's yeah, again it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right see i think that if you the avengers have always been a rotating cast of characters right so right. So I, I have no issue with any character being used as an Avenger for for any short period of time. I mean, because there's been a lot of Avengers, and especially if you include honorary really. Avengers, right? So, like, when you had the breakout, like, back in the day, and, like, Wolverine was involved, like, and they went to the Savage Land and stuff, like, I had no issue with that. In fact, that was kind of cool at the time. Now, granted, I'm also a big Wolverine fan, so, I, you know, I have a bias here. But I generally yeah. thought that was fine because, you know, again, we've had plenty of other characters like Beast and stuff that have been you know X-Men and Avengers so I had no issue with it at the time because it made sense like it wasn't contrived that he was would have been involved in that in that that story because of the characters involved in the hand and and going to the Savage Land and the and mutants so like that I, those are areas where he would have been involved anyway but where I think to your point where it goes wrong is Bendis like fell in love with these characters and he stopped rotating the cast yeah, you know, like we just got more Avengers books with it. Like, like to me, the cast should be always there. Should be a core group of five or six people, and and there should be turnover and, and, a, big, yeah. and a big dinner table. Well, and yeah, there was, and, but there was no yeah. difference between new and mighty. 
Right. Everybody was. It wasn't like the X Men Gold and, and and Blue teams where you had Storm and Gambit on one team with Rogue, and then you had Scott and Jean and Beast on the other team. Nobody. There wasn't any mingling, or unless it was a crossover. Right. My, I am. When I when I look at things, because I haven't been reading Avengers since well for a couple of years now, but since um, I would have an issue with this if this was Spider Man and Wolverine on the. Roger Stern Avengers from back in the day or even anything like that because this is Bendis's Avengers I really have no problem with it because the Spider-Man I'm reading written by Dan Slott going on in his own title I'm not I'm not invested in the Avengers right now so it doesn't I'm not as perturbed I guess as I would have been a couple of years ago um, um, right. this well, is this well, is the Bendis era Avengers, and once he's done with this and who, whoever's on the Avengers, then then that'll be that era. And, I and just, obviously, his plan was sound because he brought the Avengers, uh, the book Avengers, to the top of the charts, and it has sold sure. more under his tenure than it has in sure. in, a, in a very long time. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, I, the Avengers and the the Justice League, in my opinion, are the big guns. Yes. The, the, these are the teams that come out when there is a humongous threat that the single heroes can't handle, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a trinity, oddly enough, at both that should always, without question, be on the team. You should have Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman on the on the Justice League, and you should have Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor on the Avengers all the time. They They are the leaders, right? Yeah. For both for both universes, so if if these are your big guns, who's bigger than these heroes in in their respective universes? They need to be on the team. Now this is where I'm coming from. So you have a team with Captain America, a Norse god, Thor, and and the billionaire industrialist who can do anything with machinery, Tony Stark, and Wolverine walks in. It'd be like sit the fuck yeah, down, Ron. You I know, know we don't no, need you. I, I get no. You're right, and I I, I definitely get that. If if Roy Thomas, if Jerry Conway, if Roger Stern were writing these characters, I'd absolutely agree with you. But yeah, I, well, because I find it I, like Wolverine would not fit at that table with Thor, with Namor, with Hercules, with She-Hulk. I don't think so. Hold on, though. But see, I don't. But then, I mean, Captain America is just a dude. Like, why does he? No, but Wolverine's he's still, got, but Wolverine's but got he's, way more powers than Captain America. Yeah, but yeah, it's not but, about but, powers. It's about it's about the respect you command when you walk into a room. That's it's, right. It's about it, it's about well, who they look up to. All right, wait, say say you have a supervillain, okay, and Cap walks into the battle. The, the the villain knows that he's going to have one hell of a fight. Right. With, with Wolverine, it's like, well, okay, maybe I'm I'll get try to take him out. Maybe I'll get killed. You know, big deal because <laughs> he's because he's crazy and he'll kill me. But with Cap. The, the the dude command commands respect. Wolverine just he's he's just he's a berserker. I mean, he's, there's no respect there. And don't get yeah, me started on up. that bullshit. He's not, where he he's goes in just that character, right? But, and the and the, the thing that I took issue with was I I think Bendis explained away. Well, Wolverine can do the things that the other heroes are reluctant to do. No. Oh, really? You have the X Force for it. You, would, you not, don't need I, that that. That that's not what the Avengers do. It's the Avengers that's, exactly. It's not. It's it's not. It's not but I'm, now you're getting into a territory I actually kind of agree with. Like I I totally disagree with you that like from a like powers or respect standpoint because I think for as long as Wolverine's been around, 
the Marvel universe and for But even all- but even Wolverine's looked up the camera. What about that? No, no, exactly. But I'm saying but I, I think that Wolverine is I think he's feared and known throughout the entire universe and I, I don't think many people would ever relish the idea of going up against him because they would assume that it's gonna be tough if not impossible to beat him. So I don't I don't disagree I totally disagree that he doesn't like measure up from that stance. But but on the what the Avengers stand for, yeah, I'm totally with you there. Like I, I again I love the character, but he's he's always been like the he's been that guy willing to cross the you know cross the boundaries that the heroes that should be in the Avengers won't right he's willing to kill he's willing to right. you know and and he's willing to live with that sin and and I do think that is part of his character so yeah I'm with you I don't think that that necessarily has to be in the Avengers but to that point I mean the, again you know this has been a, a this has been a, a group that's had you know uh you know uh a lot of relatively short-lived characters some of which were certainly uh, capable of killing i mean you know mantis was a member i mean you know i right like so i'm I'm just saying like it's not like swordsman was a killer you know i I don't have an issue with 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 them having a killer on the team for a short period of time but i think it would have been cool to have that moment relatively into the after an arc or two where wolverine crosses the line and you know whether it be cap or hawkeye says nah dude you know this is why you yeah exactly (laughs) no you can't be like 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 you I pre, you know, like you can't be a member, and he's like, I understand, you know, like I, I think that would have been more powerful and more true to the than to just keep him around and have him joking all the time about like, oh, I'm so busy, you know. Well, even like, in even in baseball, if you're on the major leagues and you don't perform, you're traded, right? Yeah, aren't you? You're you're Cut. bounced or released. Yeah, released. Yeah. But, yeah. So same kind of. The I same mean, they thing. do the same thing with Spidey, right? I mean, Spidey did did, did I mean did Spidey have to be? The replacement no. for jo- for Johnny and FF. I mean, I can't do exactly. And then I mean, and then I, I think I made that comment on the forums, and like I got besieged by people telling me how I was wrong because he was the perfectly natural replacement since he and Johnny were such best friends. And I'm like, so if there was, I know Marvel likes but, to tell us that they're best friends, but honestly, they haven't. They have been. There's best a lot to go on there, man. Like, they, like that's years. Yeah, it's not like I mean I know Spidey's Amazing Friends cartoon of y'all, but but I mean Marvel Team Up, dude, it was cool in Marvel Team Up, but thirty five fucking yeah. years. Yeah, you know, I mean, so but again, like if I'm Hickman, am I am I like, is that not smart to do that? It's damn smart, right? I mean, Spidey sells books, right? It's it's exactly. smart, but that's the reason why it pulls over the audience from Spider Man. It's just it just. It's it's hollow. Yeah, it's you, just, I, don't I, don't, I don't know how much. It I mean, does that. That, I don't really pay attention. I don't really know why I'm talking about it, but it just seems like we needed to fill a little bit of that, time. Does, that uh, I mean, uh, not reading, not reading FF. Does Hickman have a decent handle on Spider-Man? Uh, I, I I I couldn't tell you. That's one of the many Rajan piles sitting to be read. Okay, right. I read the first issue of FF, and I have all the others that I have not read yet. So okay, easy to write, difficult to perfect. I guess. Oh, oh, see that? Quoted yeah. him. Well, it's All hard right. to uh, a milk toast guy like that. Very interesting without being a master storyteller. Yeah, then we're going to part ways on that. I don't think nah, I'm only kidding. You know, like, I, just, I just raved about Spidey like two weeks ago. I said Spider Island was a And you did call the FF the flagship book, so I got to give you a <laughs> he was about, he was He was drinking. I mean, that's about right. 35 he years was, ago. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. By the way, that is an area we are, the four of us are way in the minority on. Like the What's vast that? majority of people that I that that are out there today consider the current state of the FF to be the best it's been in a long, long, long time. We oh, just yeah. haven't caught up. Yeah, yeah, we haven't caught up to them now. 
I'm just saying, but you can make. No, I, I mean, know. No, I, I, but it, I'm, we're it, certainly it, in the minority there. Like most people yes. think it's fantastic right now. No, I, no I can't believe the guys aren't reading it. Why are they not reading Hickman's? No. It's like all right, whatever. There, there is a time where you, so that's been good in 20 years. <laughs> that's why. Well, well, that's that's wrong. That's we, wrong. We all raved about the Eaglesham. <laughs> yeah, because it was really good. But isn't there a time where you you just need to say, all right. Yep. I I have Happen certainly out. had more than enough of my fill of of this. Uh for many reasons. One, it's never go, it's never going to get better than its high point in my opinion. And there were there were two high points. It's never I don't care. You you can get the the brightest light in the comics universe. It's never going to get better than the Kirby or the Burn days. Never. It's just yeah, it's not it. possible. And that I'm comfortable well, with that. If I have those two massive achievements and everything else, the Wade was great, right? It's certainly I, not possible enough. for someone who's read the Kirby and the Burn. At in at, at, what I mean is again, it gets back to the music we listen to now is never going to be as great in our minds as the music we fell in love with when we were first discovering music. It's true, but so I think Jack's the exception to that rule. Well, all I mean is I, I think an 18 year old reading Hickman right now may. Go and then gets the burn omnibus for Christmas. May think Hickman's way better. I mean, I'm just saying it's it's all about when you're reading the stuff and experiencing right. it first. And then there's the stupidity of youth too. So, well, perhaps, but again, I mean, you know, like we all have stuff that we hold dear in our hearts, both in comics and other mediums that we maybe revisit and think, wow, that that's, that doesn't hold up as well as I, but I cherish it for because I remember what it was like when I first read it, right, or or listened to it, or watched it's it. True. That's true. That's true too. Yeah. It's all opinion. Remember, you're, we're old men now, so it's, yeah, it's, that, there's like, no denying that. We, you know, there's an there's an element of the back in my day kind of thing, which is yeah, part of the industry's are. problem, right? Is that but how can you not do that though? I know, but the the problem with the industry is they not bring enough young people in to tell us to get the f off, right? The comics industry used to survive because they could just they always had a drove of new people coming in, and so even though they retold the same stories and did the same, it was always new to an, enough people that they basically could give us the f offs. But now we're the only ones buying the book, so <laughs> they, we, they're 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 fighting the dual mandate of giving us the. We story. are our worst enemy. Yeah, we, they're giving us the stories we theoretically want of the characters we love, but yet we're ultra critical of them because we've read these stories already so many times and, before. And to get back to the beginning of the episode, what are we most excited about? Walt Simonson on Avengers. It's true. Yeah, yeah. it's true, right? It's like <laughs> it's true. Or how, how giddy I get with it. Like I was about to drop the cat book until they Alan had the yeah. code. Oh, I'm like, all right, and that's, and that's, and, and but and then and then you have DC, who's who's bringing back all these '90s Marvel yep. era writers and editors. So yeah, yeah there's some talents that'll never fade. Right. Yeah. And and Walt and Alan are two. Oh ones. yes. All right, brothers, I think we overstayed our welcome. This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where, in addition to the number of books I mentioned before, you can get your stuff shipped straight to your home at anywhere from 35 to 75% off. You're not going to get that at a comic shop. Ain't going to happen. Well, if you do have one that gives you that, it's a damn good comic shop. But uh, check them out, Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. And to throw a bone to the comic shops, because they're good people too, in your travels, do not buy a new book. Don't. Just don't do it. Go to your local comic shop, browse the back issues, and pull out something that's at least 20 years old. Preferably older, buy some back issues, because there's a ton of great stuff out there. I'm currently in love with Astonishing Tales. I'm getting, nice. I'm getting Gil Kane, Marie Severin, 
Herb Trimpey, Wally Wood, uh, Buckler, Barry Windsor Smith, all. I mean, it's just gold for the digging. It's out there. Go get it. And it's gold, Jerry. Gold. It's not going to cost you a whole hell of a lot of money these days. I'm sure the shops would be more than willing to cut you a deal if you get a bunch of stuff. Check out some back issues. Yeah. Um, and um, thank you for indulging me. I know that you guys are probably ready to go, but it was nice to nice talk with you. I'm sorry I was late. Um, and in your travels, kind of a kind of along with uh, with what Vince is saying, uh, something old, but also something new. Um, check out the uh, um, the Wally Wood Artist Edition coming out from uh, from IDW. Uh, should be out uh, about the time that this that this here episode yes. is coming out. So cannot wait for that. Did you see the page count on the Mazzucchelli Daredevil one? No. no. It, I think it's the 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 uh, thickest one yet. I don't. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to look at anything regarding that because I just. I I can't get it. I don't want to know. It's a tease, dude. You gotta get it. It's you love again. that story. I, I haven't ordered I any do, of these, and I'm dude. not I'm, I'm I'm resigned that I'm never gonna own them because they're pretty much selling out instantly. Um, I've got now Patrick, and, and I hope he's listening to me. Patrick Challengers. I'm supposed to be getting the uh, the Ramita um, Senior Spider-Man for me. That's uh, they were they kind of ran out of them, and uh, and I and I want it bad. So I'm hoping to have my Spider-Man and the uh, uh, the Wally Wood uh, this week. So yeah, obviously there. I'm I'm sure IDW is going to up the run. It's pretty of these much books, all in Yeah, but the 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 first couple are probably going to go for silly oh, money. The um. Uh, the uh, the Dave Stevens one is really expensive. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because either they're going to reprint it or they're not. And if oh no, well, oh they, they won't. I don't think. No, they insisted them. they wouldn't reprint these. None of was, these. Right. Damn. See, I don't yeah. know if that's such a good idea. I think that was part of the agreement with all the well, at least so far with the estates though that have agreed to. That's oh, part well, of the agreement. That's another that's thing. Some, yeah, yeah. So. Sad. Is the Simonson one going for stupid money? Uh, uh, it will soon. I think it's probably almost double face right now. It's still worth it. I want, I, 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 want, it I want the Born Again one, but I can't yet. It, I doubt it's going to happen. Uh, moving some things around, instead of talking about what I was going to say, I'll save it for next week. I will say, since we already mentioned Davis and Farmer, I'm going to recommend the current Captain America by Ed Brubaker, Alan Davis, and Mark Farmer. I, I bailed on the initial arc, penciled by McNiven, um, with the exception of a couple of things like Sharon Carter, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and, and Hawkeye, Sans Mask. This really does feel and look like a um, like an old-school Captain America tale from, like, the Demetrius or, or Grunwald days. It just... it harkens back to that. I mean, I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. So, uh, six, seven, and eight have, have come out. Um, the arc hasn't finished yet. Looks great. It uh, It's a pretty funky story where... I mean, it, it even, the story's even kind of old school where Steve Rogers actually becomes reverse back to like a 90-pound weakling at like the most yeah, that covers good. moments. And it's just, and, and there's the Serpent Society and, and Alan Davis. Oh, Mark Farmer, Serpent, Serpent Society. Society. They, they, my stuff, know, dude. they know how to make Sharon Carter fill out her shield outfit. It looks 
<laughs> oranges. And I mean, and there's there are a couple things with 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 this that um, Grunwald joint right there. Oh, dude, it's it's a gorgeous run. I when it when it's collected, if you're not getting the issues, get on this this art. Um, there are a couple things. There are a couple panels, pages here and there where 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 they refer to the initial arc with with Bravo and and Hydra. But for the most part, it it seems to be pretty self-contained. We're trying to figure out why why this is happening to Cap, and um, it's just a pretty funky mystery. Also, and, and there's mind bombs. It's there's there's Kirby effect things going on. It's it's pretty cool. It's fun. I it's it's the funnest. Brubaker Captain America story I've read in a long time. It does sound really good. It's it's fun. It's not the whole espionage and 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 spy type stuff. It's just it's, it's old school fun. Mm-hmm. I do believe that that um, Alan Davis arc will be offered in the next previews. Right? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Nice. The collection. I mean. Cool. Nice. Uh, Angel travels. Um, the the series actually wrapped up uh or wraps up this month. Well the cover date is this month. Uh DMZ uh by Mr. Brian Wood oh. with most of the pencils by Mr. Ricardo Berchielli. Uh he wrapped it up with uh issue number seventy two. Uh I read it in trade so I haven't read the last arc yet, but um I did want to give it a shout out because it, it is ending the issues are ending. Like I said, I don't know when the last one actually if it's shipped already or if it's shipping, but I know we're we're either close to it or it's already come to pass. And uh it's uh you know it's it's uh, no small feat to have a uh, a six year uh run of uh of a book uh you know, a small press book these days. So and he ended on his own terms and it wasn't like he had to end it. He he you know, he told the story he wanted to tell. The story has been told. And, uh, yeah, seventy two issues. And for those that haven't read it, you know, talk about a timely book. I mean when, when Brian was putting this out in two thousand and six to start, it seemed a little much more it seemed a lot more fictional than it does now, put it that way. Um I think yeah. we're a lot closer to the world that's painted now than than anyone would have realized, except for maybe him when he was writing it. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And Berkeley's, I can't, I mean, Berkeley's an unbelievable cartoonist, I think. And, and Me too. I don't think many people know his name yet because, you know, I don't know if DMC was a huge seller, and this is the first work I had seen him do, but but I hope that the next thing he cha- tackles is, is, you know, a high-profile book so people can see what kind of skills this guy has. Think Maddie's gonna die? Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I hope not, but I, I would, you know, I get the sense that Brian doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's looking to wrap this up in a nice, pretty bow. I'm very, so, very Spielbergian end. Yeah, I, not, I, I, I it's not gonna be that way, right? I suspect it's gonna be rather, yeah, rather fatal, fatalistic ending. But we'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. All right, buddies. Thanks for being here with us. And guess what? We'll be back next week, whether you like it or not. I'll be yes. on time next week. Yeah. What uh, day we record to. next week? Best first hour okay. ever. Best first hour ever. Come on. We don't feel like that now, do we? Oh. No, I'm only kidding. Um, no, I'm glad you got to jump in. We were sad. We were, it was strange being a three-man Seriously. rotation. Yeah, yeah I, was, uh, I felt really bad. That's all good. Uh, I felt bad because I was the one that made us do it a different day today. Yeah, this week. But. I'm a creature of habit, guys. I hear you. You're a creature. <laughs> all right. See you. See you next week. We love you so much. All right, Tweeple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call David. Call me. <laughs>